Hello everybody, welcome back to the City of Geek and Podcast where we're talking about movies and TV shows and all the stuff that we care about in the world. Will is here with me, as always, and he's eating chocolate. You can roll this up quietly. It's fine. How are you anyway? Yeah, I'm good. How are yeah. you? That's good. I'm alright. Yeah, we're going to yeah. be... I'm tired, but apart from that, I'm alright. Yeah, you just come back from work. Uh -huh, pretty, yeah. pretty stressful day. It was, yeah. yeah. It was not, um... Yeah, it was... It was... It was, it was something. It was something. You're playing catch-up. So. Uh, I am playing catch-up, but it, it was still a good day. Yeah. We got a lot done today, so I'm, I'm still happy, but it was just, yeah, it was very yeah. mentally draining and physically yeah. draining. We're, um, we don't know how long this podcast is going to be, because I just realised I haven't got much news uh, with everything that's happening in the world, obviously. But um, we're going to be talking, talking about, about a D&D show. Yeah, we're going to be, that's going to take we up can a go hell into of a lot of, of time with that. That's going to be fucking fun. But I'm sorry, I don't actually have any no. news. Okay. As per se. Um, um, I have just remembered, just because it's popped into my head, I, I did watch a trailer yesterday, and I can't remember for the life of me what that was. Well, we literally just watched a trailer before we did, started. We did, and I think that's what scrambled my brain, yeah. because... It's called, the, what was it, The Bad Guys? The yeah. The animated film from uh, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. It was... I really love the animation for that. that it looked really, really good. good. It was very, yeah. like, very it different. Was along the lines of, like, Zootopia and things, and yeah. saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think there's a Sing 2, isn't there? Yeah, there's, there's a, a Sing 2. Probably, well, probably a 3 as well. I don't know. Um, um, no, but I liked the uh, more 2D look, animation style sort of thing to it. It looks really good. Um, yeah, they definitely found a way to differentiate it from a lot of other yeah. animated stuff. Um, I mean, it basically showed us the entire film. It did, yeah. yeah. It was one of those trailers where you're like, I don't need to watch the film anymore. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, ju I can just look up the ending yeah. when it comes out and then mm. I've got the story. I don't need to... Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly who's I was trying involved to pick in out, it. But... I was trying to pick out recognisable voices. I'll look it up, shall I? And I know that the little... Um, I don't know what kind of animal he was. I think he was some sort of hamster. Or yeah, something of the uh, the extended oh, wow. family. Holy fuck! This is a good cast. So is you it? have Sam Rockwell as Mr. Wolf, Senor Wolf, Senor <laughs> Wolf, uh, Aquafina as uh, Miss Tarantula, uh, oh, Richard Ayoad, cool. Ayoad, Adawadi. I yep, as Professor. That's the one that I fucking, recognized. Yeah. Uh, oh god, what was he? Oh god, I just accidentally fucking. Whoops. Did you just um, go back on the page? Yeah, I just went back on it, bollocks. Um, what was he playing? Professor what? Something. He's playing a professor. Anthony Ramos as Mr. Piranha. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Craig Robinson as Mr. Shark. Uh, Zazie Beats is in it. Mark Maron as Mr. Snake. Cool. Fuck. That's, That's a really, really good cast. Really good cast. That's genuinely a really good cast. I might watch this um, eventually when it comes out. When is it coming out? That is... First of April. April Fool's. What a data. <laughs> Oh, have they already got us with that one? Maybe. Because have they made a trailer that doesn't actually match up with what the movie is going to be? Oh, please. I wish they'd do that more often. Yeah. That would be amazing. That's a... I was about to say that's a video idea, but to be honest with you, I, I think it would be such a short list of movies than trailers that have actually done something like that. Yeah. That it probably wouldn't even be... I mean, Deadpool kind of did it, but they did it in the wrong month. They did it in February, not April. <laughs> Because remember the trailers for those? Where it was like, I do. It was, oh yeah, it's a Valentine's. I don't know whether I watched all of them. I watched the Valentine's one. It's so it was good. Really brilliant. Was, um, Best marketing team ever. That was that was good. I, mm. I love it how they just went. They they decided on just full, just let's just go full Deadpool. Let's yeah. Just, let's just do it. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Um, since I've got no news, I might as well talk about the ones that I've got. Bloody, we haven't, we haven't actually shared anything in the Global Geekum. Uh, page 
which I need to get back on and doing because uh, some good stuff that we occasionally come across and want to share it with our friends and family that are in there. Yes. I've just um, remembered. I did. I, 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 I tried to send a bunch of videos to you while I was away. Yes, and you kept on... <laughs> and I was like, this is really cool, this is cool, and you were like... I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, you, what I was it you said to me? It. You you said something like, this is why I hate the sequels, and I'm like, I I don't understand I what you're doing. Don't... I don't... Get it up, because it's funny, you... I remember that. I was, I was just like... <laughs> so he was like, this is why Return of the Jedi is my fave. Yeah. Um, um, I hate this trilogy. Sorry for the spam, but God, Star Wars is deep, man. And I'm like, lol, what? I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, ah, great, it didn't send the links. I, po- I posted I it with like, links. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what are you, are you talking what are you about? What are you doing? Um, I didn't see that, actually. It's probably um, going to tell me to log into Instagram. Or did I see that? I can't remember. I'm going to, I, I'm going to I double check. I'm going to check a meme that, that you I sent, sent me. You? I, don't I have no idea. It might see. be the one I just showed you, actually. Uh, yeah. Probably. Let's have a look. Welcome to the City of Geekin podcast where we share our memes and we have our live reaction to memes that we send each other. This is good. Oh, yeah. When it's the year eight versus year nine derby. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was like, this is brilliant. I love this so much. Just <laughs> the oh, formality God. of it all. And the thing is, those kids, they were like that as well. They yeah. were that like, oh, yeah, fucking, I'm so sick of food. But like just cocky, arrogant fuckers. Oh, God. Good stuff. I got a bunch of memes here as well. And then we became them the following year. How do you like? Um, how do you like your steak? Do you like it medium, well done? Congratulations, legendary. <laughs> yeah, I like I like my steaks um, if they're still mooing. Because <laughs> wow, that's uh, that cuts really deep. That yeah. is. Do you think um, they should? Depending on where you buy a steak from. Do you think in, like, the really, like, you know, three Michelin-star restaurants, that's how they, like, present, you know, like, they present their wine. They bring out an entire cow, and they're like, is this good enough for you? Why do they present the wine with a cow? No, 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 you know how they present oh, their right, wine. Okay. It's oh. like, is this the wine? Oh, is, I see what good? you mean, yeah. Like, the champagne, so they if, show you the you bottle. Order, like, a if good you steak. order, like, squid, they bring out, like, a tank with a squid in it. <laughs> and they're like... I think they do that to lobsters, don't they, in some of them? They, they do actually, lobster- actually have the lobster tank and shit, and they're like... Do I'm you trying want to one? remember, there's a really, really lovely Italian restaurant here in Bristol, yeah. and I... They do that. I've only been there once with mum and dad. when I, It was my first year of uni, actually. Yeah. So it was a long time ago. But I can't remember... I might be... I know they have all the pasta lined up. Yeah. In the like, they have like a little partition thing next to the bar, and then the other side is the seating area for dining. And they're all along there is just like pasta that's presented with flowers and all sorts of stuff. And you're mm. like, this is very excessive, but I love it. So I guess you just come out and take a handful of spaghetti if someone orders spaghetti. <laughs> But they, they didn't do that anymore with COVID. <laughs> they probably not. No. Probably not. Um, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking because they do that with the wine and they the do, champagne. Yeah. They probably just bring out just a cow. Parade a, a cow. <laughs> Is this the cow that you're looking for? Yes. <laughs> Very well oh, done. Oh, uh, anyways, enough of memes and enough of that. Um, COVID Hunter is happening, obviously, with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about Russell Crowe being involved. Well, they've added the character Chameleon, Craven's half brother. And they have uh, uh, cast White Lotus actor. Freddie Hetchinger uh, take on the role. I'm sure if you recognise him from anything. I don't, but... Uh, he looks kind of half familiar. Yeah, he's from the White show. White Lotus, I recognise, though. Yeah. yeah, but he's going to be playing the character Chameleon, which I'm like, 
he's not been. I was going to say a, movie, but I don't yeah. know whether. I, I don't know. Have a look at that. Let me, let me, have, a um, quick, let me have a quick glance. Firstly, I have no idea. Really, I think Chameleon is one of Spider-Man's first ever villains that he comes across and fights. He might even be the first. Really? Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to double check on that as well. Just don't, take take what I say with a pinch of salt. Don't take it as exact. Um, but yeah, I didn't know he was like Craven's half brother or anything. But um, yeah, cool. Comedian, Craven Hunter. I mean, I'm not really trusting Sony and what they're doing with uh, singular Spider-Man stories, but they're getting good people. Oh I like yes, Craven, I saw so. a trailer for this the other day. The the, oh, yeah. uh, the White Lotus. And it's like a, a it's like a drama comedy, um, kind of like rom com drama comedy. Uh, about like a holiday hotel yeah. and a bunch of couples and them all interacting with each other and their yeah. kind of woes and things. And... Is it? Um, it's a movie, isn't it? It's a movie. It yes. is a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Um, next bit of news: On HBO. Uh, HBO. Good Max. stuff. Get yourself a HBO unless you're in UK. UK in which you case you can't. Yeah. Well, go fuck yourselves. Um, they released a couple of days ago actually the Secrets of Dumbledore uh, posters mm. uh, or like character posters with you know. Um, Jude Laws, Dumbledore, Mads Mikkelsen as uh, Grindelwald. Yes. And all the other characters. And if I, I saw someone tweet something that was quite funny, and it's like the name of the franchise is written in smaller text than the words the and of and IMAX. Really? Because you have the picture there, and like Fantastic Beasts is fucking tiny compared to Secrets oh, of. Oh, wow, the, it is. Yeah, and it's like. Why? Like, the word IMAX is bigger than the text of Fantastic Beasts. It's like, I, are they really trying that hard to steer away from the Fantastic Beasts aspect? I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused. It's, it, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm kind it's weird of because it feels like there's mixed messages going on here. Yeah, because it feels like you've got like, the, okay, so the the advertising is now moving away from that. Mm. But yet, the trailer seems to suggest that, in fact... It still is it, about them. It's going back the other way, because the second one veered right off the court. I mean, it went over there somewhere, and we're still looking for it. Yeah, but I'm still feels remembering like it, the film. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand why. Um, I've only said it once, to be fair, so... So have I. I yeah. mean, maybe it's one that we need to do again at some point. We need to... Uh, we do need to do the Harry Potter films. I tell you what we could do. Next time Jem is around... We can do the uh, book versus film of Chamber Secrets. Because we did the first one. That was quite a while ago. We need to get back on the train. We do, do yeah. Uh, and we, book we versus to, film. We need to do book versus film. Yeah. Which means I need to read the book slash listen to an audio book of it. That's what? Um, um, might have to... We no, she's uh, coming next month, isn't she? Yeah, like mid-March. Yeah. Yeah, should be fine. So, yeah, I'll have a credit on Audible by then. That's why I, 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 did, I did download Audible recently because I started to listen to Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. Yeah. And I'm about, I think, six chapters into the the first... the, the, the I, I've listened to the prequel book. That mm. was really good. And now I'm in the first official book of the series. Nice. Um, or book one, if you like. Um, called The Edge of the World. Is it... Uh, no, The Eye of the World. Sorry, The Eye of the World. Yeah. I keep going on call it The Edge of the World, but it's The Eye of the World. Um yeah, so that, that's good. But no, yes. And uh, the trouble is, though, with the Eye of the World, it's a very long book. <laughs> it's mm. a very long book. Um, and if you see the one that I've got in my room upstairs, which is book six, it's like that thick. Yeah. So it's like proper Lord of the Rings tome. Good stuff. Um, so it's going to take me a while to get through all of them. So what I'll mm. probably do, because Chamber of Secrets is quite a... 
it's, compact one, yeah. like the first yeah, it's one. Quite it's quite brief. It's, it's a good, yeah. a good listen. Good, good solid read. read. Yeah. Um, I obviously listened to the first one when they did the the lockdown yeah, sessions. Loads of celebrities. Where came they had loads of celebrities yeah, yeah. read it. But I'll probably just download the Stephen Fry one and listen to it. Stephen Fry is fantastic. Because um, anyway, that's so, the first yeah. one that comes up, and I love his voice, and it's good to listen to. Mm. So um, he's a wonderful man. So. Listen to his voice all day, every day. Um, and if we end up doing the rest of the Harry Potter films, yeah, <laughs> or books yeah, or, yeah, definitely, because we're on Order of the Phoenix. That's right now. really good. But what we'll um, we'll have to um, also because you've got the films here, haven't you? Yeah, I got the films. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. watch the film as well. That'll be good. I'll join you for a movie evening. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, Secrets of Dumbledore character posters come out really cool. It's just weird that Fantastic Beasts is tiny and it's not being acknowledged. It's weird, very weird. Um, I yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. So I'm it? I'm kind of excited for it the movie but i'm just like i hope it's good in a way i'm just like i, I hope it's good got good actors we'll go see it. i'm i'm i like the it's a good cast there's enough there still that intrigues me that if they get it right it could be good mm. yeah it's just about what they how they decide to put it together in the third one yeah definitely um last week when we wasn't streaming we yeah. are streaming this week, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, I spoke about Star Trek Four being announced yes. with the original cast. Um, rumors are that Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, Zoe Downer, and John Cho uh, was just as shocked as the fans to be announced for Star Trek Four. <laughs> this means that Paramount has lost all of its negotiation leverage as the cast is yeah shot by the announcement. So it's like this weird turn of events. Because, so they've just so Paramount have come out and they've announced they're going to do another one. Basically, without telling without the cast. telling anyone. Yeah, which I'm like, you you could take this both ways. It's like, firstly, if that happened, you're f- so dumb because, like, like you just said, you've lost all negotiation leverage at all. So you're not in control of the situation with the cast and how much they earn and stuff. Um, you've really not even driven yourself into a corner. You've like locked yourself in solitary confinement sort of thing um or you can think of it in the way that maybe they were like 85 percent of the way confident that they got everyone back on board they probably like spoke around and be like hey would you like to be part of the next film yeah i mean we won't write anything down like totally 100 percent confirmed yet but we're confident enough that we've got all these people back and then they announced it and then they were like they, they, they were in a casual they were in conversation a, of would yeah. you be up for doing a fourth one yeah yeah, yeah. They, they were confident enough that they were able to get them all back yeah. it's just they never penned anything down maybe um, which again is just weird it's just weird yeah. just yeah don't announce anything unless you're 100% confirmed that this maybe is going ahead it's a bit of a lesson for Paramount yeah maybe. Uh, last bit of news that I've got is about the Oscars because obviously they're incredible and oh my god they're like that's the, one of the greatest things you can ever when is the Oscars happening uh, being really dumb sometime soon yeah because the um, nominations came out I know we last year we did like the nominations and we went through them all and maybe I can't really remember and I think I remember it being okay but like this year the nominations came out and they were kind of solid other than a couple massive ones like um, Danali Villalou, um, The I've definitely said his name wrong there <laughs> Um, it was close. The, uh, he, the, the director <laughs> of June, he was not nominated for best director, which he, is he wasn't. Uh, bish which is what a, a bit, is a bit weird because June is nominated for best picture. Yeah, it's nominated so, for like best visual effects, best, best this like score and so best, much. best so casting, many great things except for 
director. It's like, what? Where? Like, if anything, the direction is what made that film. It's, it's one of the best things. It's one of the best things about it is the direction. Yes. Like, what, what, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Oscars is happening, and the Hollywood have reported that the Oscars have come out and basically said a bunch of categories are not going to be televised, and there's some big, big categories here. I, I can imagine um, because obviously there's there's been arguments throughout the years recently. Anyway, that like, come on, Oscars, just stop trying to condense you know, time or whatever, trying to speed through things through, like acknowledge the amount of hard work that goes into these things. And then now Oscars have just come out and basically been like, yeah, well, film editing, makeup and hairstyle, original score, production design, sound, documentary short, animated short, and live action short will not be televised. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They've cut down the whole list, apart from best yeah. actor, best... But like, original director, best score. Movie, best actress. Like, original score, editing, makeup and hairstyle, like... Production like the, design. Yeah, the the one that there's a lot of big ones in there. Why is that? Like, it's almost as if they're like, yeah. Well, I mean, they don't really matter. Who fucking cares about sound in move in movies? Who cares about the way things are edited in movies? It's like, are you fucking serious? I like, I can understand the argument of you wanting to cut down the running time of something that could potentially take up a few hours. Yeah. I, I get that because yeah. not everybody's going to want to sit through three four hours of the Oscars. And the people that are, and the people that well, there will be people that, yeah, will, yeah, but there are people that will be there that won't want to sit there for four hours. Yeah, <laughs> but and it's oh, I, like I, you've got a there's a huge the other way that you, this, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there is, yeah. yeah. But I think what well, what they need to do really, isn't it, is make it interesting. Mm. You know, if you're okay, you can speed through the categories a little bit, just but just make it interesting. But like you know, you're thinking about like the bigger movies like June and stuff. Like it was already on an uphill climb. Yeah. Because it was a book that was so hard to adapt. And you know, the score and the editing and the direction, like all these things, the production design, the amount of blood... Costumes for June. Yeah, the blood, sweat and tears that would have gone into making this film look the way it is. And they're just like, I don't know, who fucking cares? Um, But yeah, I just saw so many tweets like Mika... Burton, who we're going to be talking about when we talk about Legend of Vox Machina mm, and stuff, um, she's basically tweeted out saying, this is incredibly insulting to the incredible people that put their blood, sweat and tears into creating the final films we see, not giving live accolades to editors, composers, hair and makeup, after what, 706 uh, went through almost striking for basic rights this year. Oof. And then I saw someone else tweet something like, hey, maybe the Oscars should, like, you know, do their entire show without any music and sound. Like and then we'll see without how any it, costumes. Yeah, 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 and and then we'll see Somebody like just how good it is because apparently they don't give a shit about sound and score or music. And it's like that's fair point. <laughs> Put your fucking head out your ass, Oscars. Like to be honest, I don't. For me, it's like it's a celebration of like movies and stuff. So it's like I don't really care how long it goes on for. Like yeah, if you want to spend up four hours watching the entire thing, you do you. But if you don't, you can like you know click off and then click back on and start watching it in, in the categories that you do want to see but it's like i if it was me i'd make the oscars as long as it needs to be and show in every single category because it's just you know and and a lot of you know animated short films documentary short films live action short films this is where these new up and coming filmmakers have their voice heard this is their like one opportunity in their main maybe in their entire careers hmm. to have their voice heard 
And if they're not going to be shown, they're not going to be acknowledged. So it's like their entire life is built up to this moment. And yeah, well, we it's, don't give a fuck yeah, about you sort of thing. It's just really shitty that like a big, you know, a big, you know, operation academy in society that is meant to be forwarding filmmaking, mm. that is meant to be the best of all filmmaking by cutting it down for whatever bloody advertisement it's probably for advertisement slots that's probably what it is it's probably for more money probably because people have well i think people have kind of apart from lots of people out there that are massive movie nerds um have lost interest in the oscars because they see it as a bit outdated and the instead of the oscars adapting which they did for a little bit they've kind of just been like but this doesn't we don't help really case. care yeah. but it's like oh they want to you know says Game something about the, the state of the movie industry and yeah. the TV it's, industry. I think I saw something also, like, the reason why they're doing this is to, like, get, you know, people back on board and watching the Oscars. It's like, well, doing this is going to do the complete opposite yeah. of getting people to watch the Oscars. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. it's just dumb. So stupid. Um, that's all the news I got. That's literally a quick news. 20 minutes gone. Uh, should we talk about the main shit we're going to be talking about this week? That's not shit I mean good shit I mean, <laughs> how dare I, mean, I it's good shit it is good shit it's very good it shit, good shit. It's so like, Legend of Vox Machina the Amazon show that's been in development for about three years now uh, it was the highest earning Kickstarter of all time yes isn't it and I believe like, it still is still is I think so I'm gonna fact check fact it. check that that, that <laughs> yeah because they announced that they were gonna be doing that in 2019 they got a shit ton of money and they were like whoa well we're not gonna be making like one or two episodes let's make an entire season um of the oh wow and this the, the group of people known as Critical Role uh and the people that are behind it um they did a campaign of D&D &D, uh and that's why they got so popular and this is basically a show, the first season, and it's it's basically on one of the main arcs in the first campaign of Critical Role. Um, the first three episodes is on a little bit that happened just before the show was streamed, and then the rest of the show is on the first arc. It is not. It's not. There are a lot <gasps> that have surpassed it. Oh my god. So it currently sits... Uh, oh, Oh gosh, it's seventh on the list now. Oh bloody hell! There's loads. There is uh, it was travel that, tripod by Peak Designs in 2019 was 12.14 yeah. million. Um, Kingdom Death Monsters 1.5, which is actually a um, board game that Matt has used minis for in Campaign Two. Nice. A bit of spoilers for you coming up, um, which is really cool. Good, good. Um, in 20. Well, that was in 2017, actually. So okay, was... well, we are completely wrong. I apologise for the it misinformation was, it was the most we are spreading. TV show, that's for certain, and project yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you've got things like uh, Pe Pebble Two, Time Two, and all new Pebble Court. I don't know what that is. No idea. It sounds like a bit of technology or something to me. Or like um, a golf course or yeah. something. <laughs> Pebble Two. I don't know. Crowdfunding a golf course. I don't a know. Mini golf course. I don't know. Twelve point seven eight. Yeah. Um, Frost Haven. 12.97 in 2020. Uh, coolest Cooler in 2014. Jace. Was 13.29. It was that money, much then money. Pebble money. 2 Time, which I guess is the first one of Pebble 2, in 2015, yeah. made 20.34 million on a Kickstarter. Jesus Christ, that's a lot for a golf and course. And now I'm going to look up, what the hell is Pedal? <laughs> 
Sounds like a golf course pedal. No, it's probably like, I don't know, safety equipment for bikes or something. Pedals. Ped <laughs> We're both completely wrong. Pedal. Okay, so all this is coming up with is... Is coming up with guitar pedals. <laughs> okay. Which I don't think would be... Yeah. The Oh, no, maybe it was. Which well, is guitar pedals. All right, I was completely wrong with golf and shit. I mean, good on you, though. You know. Unless it was a... Uh, must have been massive... Unless it was bike pedals. It was something to do with pedals, guys. That's yeah. all we know. Yeah. Um, well, they are definitely revolutionary pedals. I would recommend pedals in whatever industry you're in. Pedals are I don't think I can make important. pedals work in my industry. No. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow. Um, yeah, Legend of Vox Machina. All about the first the campaign. Legend of uh, and it's got an incredible cast. We spoke about... The first three episodes a couple weeks ago. Yes. I think in the Batman Begins yes. episode or something like that. Or maybe just before that. Um, and I think we mentioned the second three when we did The Dark Knight. Maybe. We've been, we've been teasing yeah. about this show. Um, we are massive fans of Critical Role because I've been listening to it when I've been working, doing night shifts and stuff. It's been really good. I'm on campaign two right now. And um, wow, 12 episodes. And they've done an incredible job. They've done pretty fucking well to condense hours and hundreds of hours of content into five hours of a show. You know, 20, 20 minutes uh, an episode. 20 times, well, I guess half an 20, hour. 20 times, yeah. Let's do half an hour times 12. Times 12, yeah. So it's Effectively. Yeah, it's about six hours. About six hours. I, I rewatched it all of it last night. Um, well, I watched it all through first when it all came out, and I rewatched all of it last night before. I went to bed, obviously. And I also watched it with their watch-along on Twitch, yeah. um, seeing the, uh, their own reactions to That's very the cool. show themselves. And it's very insightful, just incredible stuff. What did you think it's, of the show? It's really cool. Yeah. I can't remember when I first came across Critical Role. Uh, I know it was after we started playing D&D &D with Pete. Yeah. Because Pete was like... Shout out to Pete, by the way. Pete is great. Thank you for getting um, us into D&D. &D. Our first DM. Mm. Um, but I remember he was like, hey, I want to do this, run this D&D &D game thing that I played at uni. And I've just finished a game which I was playing in. I want to DM a game and I want to see if there's people interested. Mm. And I'd love for you to, like, do you want to come along and try it? You know, let's, let's just do it because I want to have more players than the last campaign. Yeah. We were bloody noobs. We were point. noobs, we yeah. Were bloody... I, I was like, I knew what D&D kind of was. I knew it was Dungeons and Dragons, but I knew nothing yeah. about it. You know, and now it's play it or I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, okay, I know what it is, but I've never, ever had exposure to it. Mm. I thought, I remember because I was living, I was still living at home at the time and there wasn't a lot going on. I was just working. So I went, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I was effectively. Like, I need new hobbies. Why not? Let's do this one. And I'm so, so glad I did. And I think somewhere along that road, after getting a taste for D&D, &D, I just was browsing YouTube and I just typed in D&D. &D. And of course, Critical <laughs> Role. and da. Da and da. Is it d and or d and I think I put d and because I'm a rebel. Yeah, you're a rebel. <laughs> Without a cause. Um, yeah. But yeah, and of course, the rest Critical is Role came up because yeah. that is the most popular show for D&D &D on the internet. By the numbers, anyway. Might not be mm. necessarily anymore. I don't know. Um, there are a lot of 
D&D shows now. A lot of them. Yes, um, a lot. And a yeah. lot of really good ones. So I would recommend that for anybody who's interested in expanding palettes of D&D and stuff, go out and have a browse. Mm. See what you find. There's um, been many adaptations of D&D in movies and shows and games and stuff. And it's been somewhat successful, I guess. There's been a lot of stuff that has yeah. been very not the, good. But the, I think the, the online MMORPG market for D&D inspired games has always been a really popular one. Like yeah, like the Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate series and stuff and, and uh, Divinity. Um, and other adjacent games as well. Like, yeah. um, what's the one that Matt uses the music for? Um, uh, Witcher? Mm, he does use he does. He uses the Witcher uh, music. No, in... Pillars of Eternity, that's it. Yeah. He uses a lot of that. That's really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of really great... There's kind of a, a slow media exposure, but obviously the... the Critical Role came out a few years ago and was part of this renaissance that just, just you know, exploded, exploded. RPG role playing games, live action role playing games, into everybody's consciousness. Mm. And this tabletop, as it's been referred to, the tabletop renaissance happened. And now everybody who is everybody literally talks about D and D. Yep. Um, Good. You just have you know, you know when something has got so big that random celebrities. Are just talking about DD. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, to think that this nerd game that once induced a satanic panic in everybody. Oh, God, that's now, just. It's hilarious. It's now one of the most. Um, um, you did know, you ever see that interview with uh, Keanu Reeves at one time? Keanu Reeves was an inter- interview with someone, and the interviewer was like, hey, so what's a really obscure thing that you're like, obsessed with and you're into? And then Keanu Reeves just basically said, you'll have to roll an insight check for that. Oh, legend. But. The interviewer did not understand. I'm sure he So it just know. went right over his head. And all the other like, D&D nerds was like, Ah, oh, legend. I see what you did there. I love Keanu. Keanu. <laughs> I love him. Um, yeah, that's so... That's so like, I love that, that story. Yeah. I... It's genuinely, um, genuinely really cool. Mm. I... Yeah, so I, I, I came across the indie, and I just became obsessed with Critical Role, and I just binged it, and binged it, and binged it, and binged it. Mm. Funnily enough, I think I started at the end of campaign one. Did you? I think I watched the the, the, the big bad fight to start Wow, with, okay. And I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest combat I have ever seen so in my cool. entire life. This is off the scale. So you and went then back I went, and watched it. Do you know what? I think that... that I was like, wow, these players really take this seriously. And I was like, this is really... Actually, there's an emotional undertone here. And I was intrigued by the emotional undertone. So I was like, let me go back and watch exactly what happened (laughs) so that I can get... And then I went back and I watched all the... The entirety of it, yeah. The entirety of campaign one. Um, And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad. Yeah, so... um... When did they start streaming it? Was that 2016? 2016, 2017? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... About, yeah, about five years ago now. And, oh my god. Five, six years ago. No, I think it was actually 2015. Yeah. Believe it yeah, or not. Yeah, I yeah. think the very first episodes were the end of 2015. Yeah. Yeah, so because it was about, because they mentioned about six years in the, the end of campaign two, they mentioned six years. Mm. So, yeah. I'd like, yeah. In our, like seventh year of doing and this now. For those that might be interested in going actually watching the main campaign, it can be quite daunting, I guess. Because you go into like the first couple episodes. And it is like they go full into like characters and their voices and like the role playing aspect is quite like full on. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is without kind of not what I'm expecting. Yeah. But kind of like most people's regular experience of D&D will be nothing like this show. Mm. And what you have to remember is that 
Especially with... Especially with Critical Role, because all of the people that are on the cast of Critical Role are professional voice actors mm. who have successful voice acting careers going alongside what they do with Critical yes. Role. And they are very, very good at what they do, and they very, very much heavily lean into the role play of it. So it can seem sometimes like they're acting out a play. Yeah. Everybody's very much in character. It makes for a thrilling watch if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... It, you're right you're absolutely right it can it can seem very daunting especially because most people's introduction to D probably in the real world will be a lot less role play yeah and more kind of just go to this place do this thing more go kind to of a place. balance of yeah. different things because i thought about this the other day this is an interesting kind of tangent before we i know we haven't talked necessarily about the show yet um it's a good, good setup yeah i i was thinking about this i'd love to know your opinion on this what do you think like the games that we play where do you think they sit? In, in like, the middle. Uh, do you think they're like a straight up balance of everything? Kind of. Yeah. Like we're not voice actors or anything no. like that. So and we we don't do God, like the whole. God help everybody if I was a voice actor. God. Oh, now we're right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I there's part of me that actually like wants to like go full into the character and stuff, but I'm too much of a anxious mess to actually do that, and I don't think I'd be any good anyway. So. You would, um, you've done it. That's yeah, fine. Um, no, and I think it's watching Critical Role has definitely made me more aware about the, I don't know, just the, because you get like very basic characters just being like, oh, there's this guy and he's got a really, really dark past and he's just angry. And they just don't really go into anything else deeper than that. But, you know, because... <clears throat> we probably have like a little bit of a I don't want to say unfair advantage of like going and watching this show because we know it's going to end up we know the main story beats is what's going to happen and seeing that translated onto the screen is just so rewarding and exciting and there's a lot of yeah. mixed emotions in with it it's, yeah. it's a really you're right it's a really rewarding yeah. is a really good word. I'm really trying experience. I'm really trying to get my mum and you know, gem to watch. They should. Cause, and I think I remember showing my mum uh, like the first three episodes and she was like, oh, this is pretty good. And I'm like, you have no idea how emotional <laughs> I'm getting right now because this is so good. Because I even it's found really that because like, I've been with these voice actors and characters for so long. Just watching the fucking opening title sequence, I just start feeling so emotional because the music is incredible. The animation style is incredible. The artistic direction, just fucking everything about this show is... You've Yeah, you've watched ugh. these people literally. And I've, you're making your chugging your way through campaign two now. Yeah. And having a great time with it. I You're about a quarter of the way through now. I can't remember. I'll, I'll try and get out like, what I, episode I I'm so. on. Uh, um, it's good. It's very I, good. I, well, I episode, tell you... Episode 36. Th- I've you just are. done. You are a quarter of the way through because yeah. there's 141 episodes. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, in campaign two. Um, yeah, I, I'm up to date on Critical Role and I'm watching campaign three as it's being released right mm. now. Um, although they're taking a break this week. This week is a break week and they're having a... Uh, they're having a, they're having an Elden Ring one shot this oh, week. Which is fuck really, yeah. really cool. Um, Reviews of that came out and apparently it's amazing. So uh, yeah, I might have to check out the Elden Ring one shot to see how it is. Yeah. I... Yeah, and then they'll be back at it next week. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> you're right because it's. You, 
when you when you play D and D and when you watch D and D, well, when, when you watch D and D first and foremost, and why we I think both of us really love D and D, it's a bit like watching a fantasy book being written, yeah, before your eyes, yeah, because nobody knows the script. No, you're no, making it completely up completely improv. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got all of those great things that you love about a fantasy show or a fantasy story or a mm. great tale. And that's why we love playing it because yeah. not only do you watch it and that's really fun, but you get with D and D you can interact with it. It's not you, something you that's influence distant. the story. You can be yeah, yeah. when we, when we sit down and when we will on Saturday evening when yeah. we sit down to play Ed's campaign. Ed's campaign, yeah, yeah. We we end up being, you know, the authors of our own story. Yeah, and that's really cool. Yeah, and it's really fun to do that with your friends. Mm. You know, you're not just you're not just writing it yourself. <clears throat> you are writing it amongst friends and bouncing off each other as it goes. And with every new adventure and every twist and turn, and we've had some recently, that's for sure in our games. Yeah. Um, opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Yeah. And I think what's really, I think what's really rewarding for the cast. I'm sure, there's a lot of things that are really rewarding. But what I hope that they feel is that the sense of we created a thing and now we get to do it again and we get to mm. present it in a more accessible format for the rest of the world. Yeah. And that must be just so... Like, never in their wildest dreams yeah. would they get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I certainly had a similar experience when I watched this because it was very... It was cathartic watching mm. this show. That was the main feeling I had. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, yeah. It was just, it was really cool to watch <clears> something that, and I think I need to, I definitely need to go through and watch it again because I definitely felt that I was in a state of catharsis watching it. Just And I awe. feel like I yeah. need to go back and watch it again with kind of a, uh, getting that out of the way and then just be like a little kid again and just really enjoy all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was like, I'm, I'm happy this is happening this is really cool. one of the best things to come out this year already uh, so, it really so is good. do you know my favorite thing about the uh, adaptation of this show What's from the that? first campaign though is that it surprised me and that was the biggest thing yeah. i loved about this yeah yeah is that they they still stuck true to what happens but the changes they made and there are a lot of them that they yeah, made there's a few yeah were so well done and yeah. i was like this is really cool. Yeah. This doesn't this doesn't make <laughs> they hit the sweet spot in that it didn't make the show the the, the you know the stream show yeah. diminished at all. That still holds its place. Yeah. And forever will with fans. But they made something really good and what they did is they kept the core values of all the characters and continued them through and actually improved them for the show. Mhm. Because obviously with you know high role playing tables like Critical Role is it's very um, the character development that happens happens very slowly <laughs> and yeah. obviously because it's improvised you don't know where that character's going to land but obviously now knowing the story they could plan a bit more and I know one of the biggest things that they I they can iron out the creases sort of thing yeah yeah one of the biggest things I've seen that I absolutely love that has come out of this is like the vindication of Marisha Ray and Keyleth oh fuck yes and yeah the the fact that she when the fo the show was when the foe. <laughs> when the foe. When the foe. Um when the show was first released on on stream on Twitch, there was 
quite a lot. There of... was quite a strong reaction in a ne- highly negative way from a lot of the people that viewed the show towards Keyleth, Marisha's character. Yeah. Throughout the whole campaign, that continued, and it, it played with her, and it and it gave her a lot of grief in real life. She yeah. struggled with a lot. She's been very open about it and been like, you know, it wasn't fun all the time to play. You know, Keyleth was a very challenging character to have mm. to build yourself up for. Because I think that's another thing what a lot of people think about in D&D. They want to be this perfect hero that just does everything right and they're glorious and their honour is just, ah, oh, they're so impeccable. But with, you know, trained voice actors that delve into so many characters in their careers, they want to they want to not do that they want to be like right how can i make this character so fucking complex yeah and so in ways grounded and so broken and there was was a lot less of that in campaign one because all those characters that they created that are now on a tv show yeah were just one-shot characters that they were just created but they were like i'm gonna be a you know i'm gonna be a half giant with a big axe and a loincloth because yeah it's it's interesting watching all of like you know Talks Machina, which is their other show that they have stopped for the moment doing, yeah, because uh, of Campaign Three and people that have left and such. But like hearing Travis and uh, Sam Regal talk about like their characters, they're like, "Yeah, we just made them as jokes. We didn't really think about anything." Yeah. I think Sam even said to his friend <clears throat> uh, to uh, to Liam, who is also part of Critical Role, and he said, "Right, what is the worst character that I can physically make?" A gnome bard, right? Okay, I'll do that. He just made it as don't, a joke. Bash gnome bards. And oh yeah, and it's funny how you know if you were to watch the rest of the campaign, he's one of the most vital parts of the group. <laughs> I would argue Scanlan is the most powerful member of Vox <laughs> Yeah, I, I really <laughs> love. I really love the fact that this show perfectly demonstrates each character's strengths and weaknesses. Like, you, you can make a case that Grog is the strongest character in, in Vox Market. You can make a case that Vax is. You can make a case that Keyleth is the strongest member. You can make a case that Sam is. Or Pike, for fucking example. Well, like, yeah. I'm going to... Oh, Pike, we should oh, eventually talk about. But we'll talk about the main... Right, so <laughs> we haven't actually said... So Vox Market is a group, and they are made of the characters... Uh, Go from left to right. You know what? Fuck it. No, I'm actually going to get their full names up. I'm going to do them justice. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. Brace yourselves. Um, uh, so you have uh, Grog Strongjaw, who is played by Travis Willingham. Uh, Travis Willingham has also been in loads of other games that I've played. Like, uh, he played Thor in the Avengers game. Uh, he's played... Uh, what else has he done? What you can think of? He's played Thoring actually quite a lot of things. He's done played, Thor a lot. He's done a lot in like the animated Avengers the, films. Uh, I'm trying to think of other big games that um, I would know that other people might know. Um, the Jedi Fallen Order game, he played the master yeah. of um, of Cal. Was it yeah. Cal or Cade? So, uh, Cade? Ka- Cade? What? It was Cal, I think. I don't know. Cal. The, uh, uh, the guy you... The character that you play as in Jedi Fallen Order, the old master of that that yes that yes yes yes. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name actually. The the master character, but he was, um, he was that mm-hmm. he played that um, yeah. voice role, which is really um, awesome. And Grog is the he's the dumb one of the group. He's he's the big child who is also you don't want to upset him because he will rage. <laughs> He's the tank of the group. Yeah, and he, he is he's a, he's, he's a half... Uh, no, he's a, he's a Goliath barbarian. 
uh, for all you D&D nerds. He's, he's the tank of the group. Then you have Keyleth, who is a uh, half-elf druid, um, who is played by Marisha Ray, as we mentioned. And she's she's a uh, bit of a ditzy... Bit ditzy. Bit ditzy, bit clumsy. Bit clumsy. Bit clumsy. The very kind of moral... Trying to prove herself. Strong moral values, yeah. Trying to prove herself to... And she's obviously got a... a a she's goal. The, she's the moral to... compass of the group. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. She reminds me of uh, like her character. Reminds us of Hannah, our friend. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. 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 Hannah. Yeah. Hannah would Keith, be a Keith. Keith is, yeah. Keith is Hannah. And then the, the reason why I want to mention this this guy's name, uh, we have uh, Percival Fredrickson von Musel Kowalski Dirolo the Third. Yep, that's a name, by the way. Everyone. Fuck yes, Percy. No mercy, Percy. No mercy, he is Percy. a bog standard human, but he's a he's a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. He's the one. Played by Talis and Jaffe. He's um, also the character that gets the most focus in campaign one. Yes. Uh, in, well, sorry, not campaign one. In season one. Season one of yeah, because his Role. his his story is based off of the Briarwoods arc, uh, and the Briarwoods are the evil dudes, uh, dude and dudette. Um, and his his backstory. We won't get into spoilers yet, but because we'll get onto that a little bit later. But yeah, Percy's the main focus of this entire show. Uh, then we have Pike Trickfoot, who is a uh, gnome cleric, yeah. played by Ashley Johnson, who is incredible. She's been She's in great. loads of great stuff. She's most She's notably, Ellie from The Last of Us. Yeah, most notably known for that. She was in the Avengers film as a little cameo. Uh, she was in Blind Spot, which is also a big thing to mention because this was uh, she. She did Blind Spot at the same time as critical role campaign one and two and i really love the fact that they still keep those aspects in so there's times where pike leaves the group during the campaign and in the show and it was because ashley had to leave yeah. uh, and they, they make and they make some narrative sense for her to come back to the group uh they were they worked it a lot more into campaign two yeah than campaign one um and a lot of that you'll get to very Literally. soon, and I'm very yeah. excited for you to get to it. And yeah, I'm trying to think. Opinions They're, um, as you listen through campaign two. Campaign two, I'm up to the bit where they've literally stolen a boat and they've gone off somewhere. <laughs> <So> Fucking brilliant! <laughs> so good. I love that bit so love, much. Yeah, love it. Um, um, yeah. Oh, you got the, yeah. They got the whole pirate arc ahead yeah. of you, which is just hilarity everywhere. Yeah. Um, love it. I think yeah. I think I got to the bit where they literally have seen a another boat mm. and the session ends there and it's like fuck who was that okay <laughs> um what time are you working tonight stuff charging uh i'm not working tonight thankfully so that's why we're a bit more chillax today thank yeah. you for, thank you for mentioning rusty um um i yeah i love i i love because that was one of the big things that i had and i mentioned it to you yeah i didn't know how they were going to do pike's story i didn't know whether she was just going to be present at all times because yeah like, oh my we, God, that changes so much yeah we mentioned that in one of the earlier episodes is like because if they do you know because i'd love to see ashley and pike more often but if they do change what happened in the campaign it does like a butterfly effect just affect the rest of the story because there's not in this season uh but there's a thing that happens later on in the campaign a moment yes where she is not present yes. ashley johnson and she has expressed that if she was there at that time she would have said something which would have drastically changed the course of uh and it would have done the show. yeah probably yeah, yeah. um yeah bite trick foot 
is the, I guess, uh, the one that is confused about, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big arc in this story, in this show, where she's sort of conflicted about like what life to choose. She had a um, she had a bit of a crisis of, a crisis of faith in the original campaign because yeah. she it was just played out over many 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 episodes yeah. over time when she could be there, um, and it was all to do then there was this weird thing with her family being like murderous and yeah. and, and beset by a curse which turned out not to be real and just circumstance yeah. and all this stuff. It's very good. But um, I don't know whether they'll keep that bit in. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll explore it in more detail, which would be very fun. That would be a, like a curveball to throw in the season at some point. Have a brand new story in there where. That yeah. becomes more of a plot point. Um, but yeah, they decided on a crisis of faith in this, and I really loved that. Yes. And they did it so well, and I'm really and I'm really happy for Ashley as well, that she gets to kind of, mm. you know... She's had a second chance, really, of returning to this character and expanding yeah, on it. Yeah, which you yeah. don't get very often, but yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, then we have Scanlan Shortholt, played by Sam Regal, the gnome bard, who yeah. is the comic relief. The comic relief. He's yeah. the comic relief, he's the ladies man he, he and the singer that oh my, he is a genius songwriter just saying right now he's great isn't he pull on my motherfucking beads uh, <laughs> so, i mean i i love the i love the fact that so scanlon in the campaign used to sing like spin-off songs of and spoof yeah. songs of real life songs obviously none of which can be used in the show because copyright. copyright is a thing <laughs> so They've had to make their own. They had to songs. write new music, and yeah. all of it is just brilliant, <laughs> I, and so much yeah. fun. Like I think the music, yeah, the music in general in this entire show, like the the combination of his mind and obviously the the main Soundtrack composer well, yeah. is just genius. We'll get onto that eventually as well. Um, yeah, especially he's, in the later episodes. Yeah, I he, caught myself listening to the score more. I was like, this. Is really yeah, cool. I might even fucking buy it. Yeah. It's, it's that good. Uh, then we have uh, Vaxel Dan, nicknamed Vax. Don't confuse him with Vex. Um, Vaxodan Vesar, I believe, is yeah. Vex's doesn't surname, have his name Although it doesn't name. get used very often. but Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Vax is a rogue half-elf, played by uh, Liam O'Brien, who he's... is the... I don't know. He's... I don't want to describe him. He's a rogue. Like, what more is there to describe? He's a rogue. Yeah, he's, he's a rogue. A, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an ex-member of the Thieves' Guild. Yep. And he's he's the he's the stealthy one. He's mm. he's the you know he's the street smarts one, if you like. Yeah. Um, of the group. Um, um, it's a bit kind of. I feel like I feel like rogue is a bit of a kind of. It's a hard one to describe without just saying rogue. Yeah. To be honest, he's the you know the the under the you know. The, the street brawler, the street smarts, yeah. uh, sneaky fella. Of the group that, um, yeah, and that's that's he's really got cool. a heart of gold as well. Yeah. Like inside, absolute he's he's gold. he's an absolute babe, and also has really good uh, comedy with uh, Grog as well. And I lo- I love that bit also, is because throughout when you listen to Critical Role Campaign One, there's a lot of back and forth between Grog and Vax, and them trying to one up each other, or you know, play. There's a lot of I love that they left in a lot of the 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 intercharacter moments where yes. they joke around with each other and yeah, stuff because definitely there was so much of that in Campaign One. Yeah. Um, and campaign two, but especially campaign one, um, um, where it was—it was. You're right. It was like an ongoing like thing. Yeah. You usually play stupid games at school with your friends, of like, yeah. 
just slaps or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and it's yeah. just them. And um, having an ongoing tally of things. And it always rides that border between, like, does Grog actually want to kill Vax? <laughs> <laughs> is he going to? Okay. Um, then also you have Vexalia, who is the sister of Vaxaldan. Vexalia is the ranger half-elf of the group um, and also has a little companion called Trinket. Trinket is little. cute. Yeah, little, little he's a bear. He's a bear. <laughs> little Trinket bear. Trinket um, is... Uh, yeah, Vexalia is obviously uh, voiced by um, uh, Laura Bailey, hmm. wife of Travis Willingham. The incredible Laura Bailey. Yeah, incredible um, Laura Bailey, who is, I guess, well-known for her roles in multiple big franchises like Call of Duty and also in Last of Us Part Two, where she plays Abby. She's been in Call of Duty's most recent thing. She's yeah. been in Last of Us Part 2 where she played Abby, as you said. She was in uh, the Gears of War, the latest Gears of War game. Yep. She was the main character in that. She's been in loads. She's voiced Black Widow, yeah. like her husband has always thought, like multiple yeah. times. Um, um, well, we mentioned also like Liam O'Brien has like been in multiple things. He's, he, he does more like... He does a lot more directing and voice Nowadays, acting. yeah. And same um, with Sam as well. He does a lot more directing. Yeah. And, well, I mean, like uh, Sam Regal, he like voiced... Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man games. Really? That's yeah, he great. did. And also, um, Liam O'Brien, he voiced Gollum in the Shadow of Mordor games, he which did. is really cool. He also voiced, uh, I, I, I'm saying this because I, it's one of my uh, fun game that I've played. Yeah. He, he was War in Darksiders 1. Really? Yeah. No. Nice. Because I listened to the voice again, I was like, wait a minute, wait. Vax? <laughs> Vax is at you. Um, um, but yeah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, Vexalia got a, got a little companion Trinket, who Trinket doesn't have a lot to do in this show. You just sort of see him... Trinket, bless him, doesn't always have a lot to do. No. He's sort of just there. It's it's sort of the unfortunate thing to do with Rangers in early D&D, where they were kind of the the class that no one really wanted to be because they weren't really poor that old, good. Poor old Rangers are... They're not, they're not, they're they're not good. They're, they're better now. They're just a little bit limited in what they could do. Yeah. They just fell like... into a very niche expertise, and yeah. if you weren't necessarily, for example, in um in Ed's campaign where we're playing at the moment, which we're going to be playing on Saturday evening, mm. um we have a ranger in the group played by Ed's sister, yep. and it's vital to have in our campaign yeah. because we're literally exploring like an open world wilderness. And yeah, they have their benefits. Her character yeah. is from that region, and therefore we get a lot of very good benefits for having a her in ranger. the party. Yeah. Um, it makes finding our way through the wilderness and things mm. much easier. And survival. Um, I, w- I would be somewhat silly not to mention, because if you were to go and watch campaign one of Critical Role, there is another uh, member who left before the Brywood arc uh, in, the, in the campaign, in, in the streamed show, and that is um, Tiberius Stormwind, who yes. was played by... Uh, Orion Akaba. Um, I won't get into too much because obviously I, I know that the the main cast of Critical Role kind of want to keep that in the past. Don't want to acknowledge it ever again. Uh, but he he was a part of the the group until maybe what episode twenty eight, twenty seven, yeah, yeah, something right like that. Episode thirty, where they just parted ways. He reasons. wasn't going to be on the show anymore. No, they never really. They never went into detail with it. They kept it very private. Yeah, there's been rumors. There's a lot of speculation stuff, which we won't but... get into, but there was there was reasons why he was no longer. Yeah. They kind of words they used at the, at the end of the day. There was a mutual parting of ways and stuff. Yeah. So that's yeah, fair enough. It's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. But this is the main group. Uh, I'm trying to think if I missed anyone. I don't think so. Yeah, the entire group is 
a ragtag bunch of misfits basically pretty much yeah and i love that at the start of the show um we'll get we'll get straight into it now so yeah the legend of vox machina um as if we haven't been speaking of the show already but i love how should we just go like episode by episode or should we just speak of it as a whole should we just fucking should we go episode that? by episode yeah let's do it should we okay so or we could just do it like the first three then three then three then three or something like that. just go three, go three, go with the go with the flow so the first three episodes of the campaign is based off of their home uh first three episodes of the show is based off of their pre-stream campaign um and it's all about vox machina getting hired to try and figure out what is killing everything and being destructive and destroying towns and such um they are hired by Taldore himself, Lord Taldore. Is that his name? Sovereign. Sovereign Taldore, that's the one. Um, to go and find out what is um, causing a ruckus. And I'd love to say the voice cast, uh, the voice actors, uh, includes David Tennant, who voices. Um, let me try and find him. What's his name? <clears throat> we should probably should mention definitely... that. Obviously, in a D&D campaign, anybody who isn't a player character is voiced and performed by the DM. Yes. Mr. Matthew Mercer, who... I can't believe I'm mistaken. ...is um. the DM of Critical Role and many other things as well, but mainly known for that. Um, <clears throat> he is another prominent voice actor, and... <clears throat> he voices a few characters in the show, but he doesn't he voice loads. all of them. He voices he does, quite a few. He does. Like, yeah, yeah. He voices a lot of background characters, and him himself appears in a lot of the frames as actual in-world Matt. Yeah. Who is the butt end of many jokes from the group. Love it. I love, love it. That love that it. Love is the it. case so I, much. I really love how um, he, he he's also like the voice of the main antagonist, or one of the main t- antagonists, Silas Briarwood. Um which we'll get to. Um, but like I say, like David Tennant voices... Oh, God, why is it not coming up? He voices um, the, General the, Krieg. That's the one, General Krieg, who... He goes full Scottish for this role. He does, I which I it. was very surprised that he did. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Very, very good. Uh, why isn't he coming up here? Okay. Um, but we also have, like, the other the other cast members that I want to, like, sort of get into is uh, Grey Griffin as Delia Briarwood, um, Esme Creed-Miles as Cassandra, uh, Craig, I'm just going to say everyone because they are all worthy of noting. Yeah. Uh, Craig Payton as Sovereign Uriel Taldore, uh, Darren DePaul, who has been in a bunch of stuff. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's plays the character Stonefell. Um, but Darren DePaul also, he voices Reinhardt from Overwatch. He's a bunch of different orcs from like the Shadow of War games. He's very, very well known. He always, And I love how they occasionally get the odd actor or actress to come in and play in the main game as well. Because uh, Darren DePaul was in a few episodes of Critical Role Campaign 1 as well as his own and character. I'd be interested to see when we get to later parts of the story whether these actors and will come back will yeah. come back as their actual characters which I'm sure they yeah. will I'd uh, love Darren that. played a character for a few episodes very late in the campaign and was unforgettable Genius. was it yeah. I um, love his story about who he plays and like why yeah. he plays them as well uh, Stephen Root as uh, Professor Anders Gina Torres as Keeper Yenon uh, Indria Varma as Lady Allura um Rory McCann as Duke uh, Vedmir, uh, Stephanie Beatriz as Lady Kima, and Anjali 
Behem, oh dear, I'm so sorry. Bimani uh, as the head cleric. Yes. Um, trying to see if there's any others that I'm just absolutely missing. I apologize so much. Da, 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 da. Archibald Desne is played by Dominic Monaghan. Uh, oh, well, need to mention this man. Uh, Sunil uh, Malhotra is, plays Gilmore, the glorious man himself. The glorious Gilmore. Glorious He's Gilmore. amazing. He's truly um, amazing. Kelly Hughes as Anna Ripley, uh, Eugene Bard as uh, Captain Jarrett. Just, oh my God, there's so many. There's so many good ones. And then, yeah, David Tennant as General Craig as well. Uh, Tracy Toms as the Everlight. Uh, then oh yeah this is quite funny uh, so you have at the end of the episode um, you have actors uh, uh, kid actors and they are Sam and Liam's kids kids which is playing brilliant. yeah 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 I love that um, this is great I love it yeah so uh, the first three episodes it's about uh, should we get straight into spoilers yeah okay, if I get, let's go into it um, boink it's about um, bloody sorry I apologise so much I'm an absolute mess today um, it's about a dragon it's about a big blue dragon um, who there's there's a mystery of like why the dragon's here and who is the dragon maybe it's terrorising Taldore terrorising Taldore yeah and Vox Machina are hired to go kill says dragon yeah go kill the dragon yeah who's the dragon uh, did you did you like the twist about who the dragon was? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew I knew it, so it was no <laughs> surprise as to who it was. But yeah, I I love how they I love how they basically the first two episodes are the basic D and D quest. Yeah, where the party arrives somewhere. They are they're, they're, they're like, merchant uh, mercenaries. We, we need yeah. to have a contract, and people are like go and do the thing for us, and they're like cool, cool, we'll do <laughs> it. go and do the thing, and, and they maybe get it. their ass handed to them, yeah. and then eventually go and defeat it. Yeah, um, there's so much emotional weight instantly throughout these episodes as well um like i mentioned it with the little family that you come across in their little homes um and pike sort of helps them uh, <laughs> by blessing their house but then they end up all getting murdered anyway by the dragon and I, yeah it's just it perfectly shows what each character acts like in their situations um, Vax instantly has a connection with the kids, giving them the coin, um, and then like, using that coin later on when they defeat the dragon and like flicks the coin back in the dragon's land as they exit. Um, I love it so much. It I, was re- really well done. They adapted really the story well. really well from the, the campaign as this basic kind of kill the big dragon thing mm. um, and uncover the plot to destabilize Taldore. And I, I love the <clears> idea of like them doing that and setting it up as the introduction to all of these characters and mm. you're right they they do it so well from like minute one that you meet them they they just do that whole bar tavern scene and yeah also i love it how the cliche of every dd game starts in the tavern starts in the tavern. The show starts in the tavern good stuff yeah um it gives you an idea of kind of where the party at what everybody's role is as you said and how they all play off with each other really well as well yeah and it does well to set those up so that when it happens throughout the whole season, it, it helps you to clue into the relationships between the characters. And obviously, 
you and I come with prior knowledge to it, so it's a little easier for us to pick yeah. up on those things because we've seen it all before. But for someone else who's new coming in, and I'd love to know anybody else who is new that's watched this, what exactly you know they would they would think of all of it. But you know, all of it, and I do mean all that, as in the whole show. But also, like how easy it was for them to pick up on different characters and, yeah. and stuff, and what they thought of the interactions and the introduction to each character. Mm. Um, which was all just perfect yeah. um, in so many ways. Uh, it was funny. Yeah. I really love um, that we see... It's so... I'm just going to like gush on the animation. Yes, dude. Because it's so fucking unbelievable how much detail there is um, with like you know the, the credit to all the animators and the drawers and the artists and everything done to make these fucking panels... Because after watching it through the second time and watching it with the the cast and crew, they like keep on saying, "Oh, if you noticed, and you know, if you had the eagle eye in the back of this, you know, in the in the background of this frame, you'll see this and you'll see this." And it's just so many Easter eggs and so much love and detail and passion that has gone into this. Oh, there are, there are so many Easter so eggs. Many I almost good. feel like I need to watch an Easter egg video on YouTube. Of- yeah this show because i'm sure even an avid watcher of the the stream show like me missed a bunch yeah like missed an absolute bunch so yeah, yeah. I, I have to go back through and do it all over again maybe i'll do that this evening i'm go- I, I actually might sit down because i was wondering what i was going to do this evening i'm going to sit down and rewatch it all yeah um yeah so, so i might even rewatch it again and just sort of like pause it every like five seconds just to be like right what is in this frame and just fucking... just have your hand on the space bar yeah exactly just being like oh my god that's really fucking cool yeah. um yeah and because like there's there's moments in the show where like you know you have like the main conversation happening and each of the characteristics of the of the people that are involved they're they're always doing something like for example grog he's the dumb fucking idiot that it constantly gets somewhat bored so that if there's a conversation happening he's always like you know doing weightlifting in the background because like he's just trying to be preoccupied and he's like i want to hit something all the fucking time yeah <laughs> typical barbarian well, but the thing like, is i love with, it like short animation you have to fill every frame with as much as you can and you have to fill every yeah. moment with as much as you can and you're right i love i appreciate the fact that that even when they're sitting around in a room, mm. everybody is everybody has their own little thing by where they're standing, what they're talking about, what their interest is in it, yeah. what they're focusing on. Grog is never can you know focused on any of it. He's yeah. just doing grog. But yeah, um, or just sat in a corner, just minding his own business because people are talking about how to plan about yeah. storming this building or something like that. He's and just I like, love that. just tell me to hit something and I'll hit it. <laughs> just something like that. Um, I really love even in the down moments like a lot of it can seem i guess a little bit unnecessary but it's just character building like for example there's like conversations between vax and scanner and they're just flipping each other off and <laughs> that scene across the table yeah it's, it's like, like, that really wow, need to happen but um when we talk about that like, animation and specifically combat again beautiful I guess we'll go straight into like episode three when like you know the whole twist happens and it's David Tennant's character that is the big blue dragon. It happens in episode two, doesn't it? Uh, no, it's three in it. Mm. Fuck, I'm an idiot. Because episode three the actual... is titled "The Feast of the Realm," which I think is when we get introduced to Lord and Lady. But okay, no, uh, f- um, forget me then. Um, episode two, that the, 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 see the episode thing. The, the fight where they attack the blue dragon in the lair. Uh, that's kind of one. Yes, because they get the keeper in episode three. Yeah, that's it. 
Um, Terror of Tal'Dorei Part 1 and Part 2. Yes. Um, no, okay, yeah, so Episode 2 then is when they have the face-off against the dragon. In the lair, yeah. In the lair, and apparently it is, you know, uh, like Matt Mercer describing it when they were doing the watch-along. And he was like, yeah, this is exactly how I pictured this, the entire lair. And there's apparently so many moments like they they went back through everyone's notes from early in the campaign and yeah. being like right we need to make sure that this is in it like this exact moment is happening apparently when they're all down in the in the cavern and they're looking up and they see you know uh, the uh captain craig captain uh, craig C- C- captain C- Krieg Captain Krieg's character and he comes up and he's looming over them and then he transforms into the General Krieg and he like transforms into the dragon apparently that is exactly how they interacted it it. yeah Yeah. and how they came to find out is slightly different because I think in the campaign because it was all pre-stream this stuff the story was a pre-stream story so there's no video footage of it although there is a recap video that includes it Mm. Um, there there, there was a lot going on at that time they were like prodding around in Taldore and there was a big like um, basically, there's a whole subsection missing of this that is a massive plot to overthrow the Sovereign Taldore. Yeah. And it all to do with, like, demons and stuff. And General Krieg was literally just a footnote in that. Yeah. And he was a side bit in the... It, like, the dragon was a side bit, because obviously <laughs> it's a... Pre- spoilers, it's a prelude to what will happen later in the campaign. Yeah. Um, and what will happen at the end of the season, which we'll get to. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... So yeah, I I love the fact that they managed to rewrite it as the point of like it's just this basic find the dragon that's killing everything story. Yeah. It just happens to be General Creed. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I love the adaptation of it. And I love but how they like discover the layer and everything is like verbatim how it they yeah. literally wandered into his house and was like yeah no this thing oh there's an illusionary oh there's a teleport thing and yeah. <laughs> that was literally yeah yeah it. yeah I really I really loved also like the I love how they keep lots of the basic D and D stuff in this show like you know the oh god we need to you know have a a stealth thing so we need to hide real quick or you know someone you can you can tell when someone rolls a natural 20 or someone rolls a natural one in this show and i love that and again credit to like the direction and everything so you know for example one of the biggest (laughs) every D D player will experience this in its doors in D and D, you can fucking be doors. the fucking greatest fighter on the planet. You can Heroes be the, the biggest realm. hero. Yeah. The, the group of incredible uh, history, but if you come across a door and you don't roll high enough, well, that's it. Sorry, mate, you can't go in. You're fucked. <laughs> the door is the biggest any enemy to anyone. I, I love in that how it became, it became such a running theme in the actual campaign on the yes. stream. That somebody emailed in when they did the Critter Gifts thing, where people emailed in, uh, not emailed, they mailed in like gifts for the cast yeah. um, to say thank you. Somebody literally made a door mini <laughs> so that they could fight the door <laughs> because it was such a big deal. And how many times does it happen in this? There's like three or four times. I think that... it's like two or three times That's that happens. So it's so funny. I love that. I love that so much. And yeah, it, it, like, it's just such a running gag throughout the entirety of like Critical Role in general. And like like I say, any D&D player will know the pain of, yep, I can natural 20 hit a fucking dragon and kill it, you know. Because that's the thing that I think um, Matt Mercer mentions is when, you know, there's the bit where uh, Vax cuts the neck of the dragon. Like that was like a critical hit. Um, 
moment and it's so perfectly shown um in a way in a way like dnd is perfect for that because you with the dice rolls and things as you mentioned like having successes and fails and different things gives you story beats yeah exact story yeah. beats. so it must help choreographing a lot of those things mm. So much easier than having to I, think from scratch, like, okay, how what's going to happen in this frame? What's going to happen yeah. in that frame? Having the bullet points then just allows you to connect the dots. And I think Critical Role, and even the show, perfectly... You know, because I've been in the situations where, like, oh, I really want this to be perfect and I want to do this. But I think watching this show and Critical Role in general, just it sort of makes you at ease being like yeah if you roll a natural one just roll with it roll with it yeah. literally go literally with it like it can it. actually make things better yeah like if you fail at a certain thing oh i wanted to climb over this wall and i fell like fucking own it like literally like emphasize that make it a good funny story beat like don't you know always be angry that oh my god and dice aren't rolling with me today like make use of that because there's so many things like you know my character Prutha, who is like the I guess a kind of grog type, a bit. He's not as dumb. He's he's yeah, more of a, he's you're more doing of a, a bit of a disservice there. Yeah, so he's, you're a lot more intelligent. You're, he's uh, grog is a grog is a. Uh, a brute mindless and a, and a mindless yeah. lovable giant whereas yeah. you're you, you're a more, more a champion tac- a, a tactical yeah. yeah so and then like there's times when I'm just like you know wailing on something I'm doing a lot of damage but then when it comes to like fucking wisdom or anything like that how many that, times has our oh wisdom my got, God. your wisdom got us in trouble you know if someone was to take control of my mind and use me to kill my fr- my friends yeah that I'll ha- probably that do happened. that that did happen ouch yeah but it's like roll with it like some of the best moments in D&D comes from a certain character's weakness, you know? And you shouldn't really, like, I guess... You could get trapped in the in the way of thinking, oh, okay, then, so I'm the brain, so I'm going to do everything that is brain-orientated. Make a sort of story where you're teaching someone who isn't as good as you at this in becoming better in that way. It's like, you know, just make a little... Little story arcs, little things. Little you know, things, embrace yeah. embrace what you're bad at. You know, and like I say, I think also another thing that um, Travis mentioned in the watch along is the first thing Grog, the first time he gets a full hit on the dragon is when he kills it. The the and oh, can we talk about that as well? Is it could have very very easily been like too much that specific sequence yeah the specific sequence i'm talking about is when travis is very very well known for saying i would like to rage as grog as the barbarian when he does rage and he starts going all out and killing stuff and i'm like if you're going to do a show and you're literally going to say the words i would like to rage it it could very easily just be like okay this is too much this is very on the nose this is so meta this is dumb and this is like this takes me out of it but it I'm trying to I'm trying to think how to describe it because everything that builds up to it is so perfect it just pays off so well. Yeah. So it again it like going into like you know what I get quite emotional rewatching it is when they all make the plan against the dragon that okay we're going to you know make this dumb plan where we're all fighting we're all like you know really against each other oh we're gonna die not really scanlon's made a, 
an, an illusion, illusion yeah. and then the music builds up and it's it's the crit- it's the uh, critical role your turn to roll theme yeah, that it's changed, changed. Yeah. so <laughs> perfect you see every single one of the characters doing what they do best vax running as fucking fast as he can scanning with the bigby's hand but it's scanlan's <laughs> hand, hand yeah. throwing vax percy getting like a couple good shots vex having an empowered arrow from pike and fuck everything about it builds up to travis i would like to rage and just fully fucking slicing the dragon's head in half yeah it was fuck, brilliant like yeah. we're going to talk about another moment that I'm, comes like, up it's interesting but, that you mentioned that i yeah that was the first moment watching this show where i was like it's, this is it. I was like this is it. This is it. Like this, this is, is great. Because I felt like a lot of the first two episodes naturally is build up. Yeah. But then that was the moment where I was like, this clicked of like, oh, this show's just taking it to another gear, and now I can't yeah. wait for the rest of this yeah. show. I'll talk about a moment. We'll get to it eventually, but there's a moment involving Pike later on in the show, and I'm like, okay, because of the way this spill out, this is better than fucking Thor in Infinity War. Just straight up. I'm not even joking. Confirmed, 100%. It just is. It just is. It's yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. And I'd even say, like, you know, that moment with Grog and, like, the whole build-up of the team, it's like, it rivals any superhero team-up moment. Like, I'd say it's as good as, like, the first time you see the Avengers, like, on the It horse. is, yeah, you're right. It's that it's moment. Perfect. It's that iconic. Yeah. Oh, so fucking Because what good. I love is, yeah, and it so, works so well with the story, because for the first two episodes... These guys have been useless. Vox Machina yeah. have been useless. And Couldn't the, show, the show makes a very good point, actually, of making making you very aware of it. Mm. It kind of shoves it in your face a little bit. And it's like, these guys are a bunch of misfits and shits. And they don't, they're not really heroes. Yeah. And then that's the that's the Avengers moment. It's yeah. the, okay, here we go. Now everybody's down to business. We're clicking, moment. right? Yeah. yeah. And even Keyleth, like, you know, we mentioned earlier about, like... <sighs> from her you know doing a really cool moment like, i guess it's like core lightning what she did yeah. and she hits the dragon it's like oh no wait that's a uh, that's a blue dragon that like, i've just basically empowered <laughs> fuck <laughs> you can be the most powerful fucking member of the group but if you're using your spells wrong or if you're using things and you're not necessarily thinking straight yeah can seriously backfire i remember that happening in our campaign mm-hmm. remember the bit when we were against the fire demon and i decided to throw a fireball at it that and was... it's i'm a fucking idiot Ooh. Wish, wish Igor was still around. I oh, know. <laughs> oh God. Um, that was um. It was Ido actually? Was it Ido? Ido, Ido, I- Ido. Like Ido, Ido. But yeah, no, that's what I mentioned. Igo. Again, it's I- like the whole I- like I- mini Ido. arcs that the characters build up to. Like he is this bumbling mess, but when the pressure's really fucking on, she steps up and yeah. she does become that leader that she eventually becomes in critical role yeah. it's oh fuck so i love to touch on uh Keyleth again because uh we touched on a little bit earlier with the, the kind of unfortunate hate that came rush's way and things but somebody said a really great quote the other day and 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 actually no it was it was they were quoting marisha ray who did an interview with um philip defranco recently mm. um where he did, did a podcast interview with her he did one with Matt Mercer as well, actually. Yeah, I might um, watch them. Yeah, they were really good, really, really good. There was a lot of very big truths kind of dished out by both of them there in their experiences. But um, Marisha talked about how, for a lot of people, weirdly, Keyleth was the most developed and real of all of the characters yeah, in Campaign 1. Yeah, 100%. And the reason people didn't like her is because she wasn't 
necessarily archetypal like the rest of them yeah. were she reminded people of what they didn't like about themselves yeah the fact that people are indecisive and think they're brave but not and, yeah and all of this stuff and it was it was really great and it was great to hear her say that because it feels like she has definitely got vindication for all of the, that yeah shouldn't have to have vindication for the hate but she's got yeah. vindication for it now and being like yeah and even the guy who made the video on it and made this whole thing uh, about it was like yeah i was one of those people i wasn't vocal about it i didn't send hate messages like some people did but you thought but that I, way but yeah. i didn't like how uh, i didn't yeah. like keyleth sorry um and, w- and it was very kind of um you know and and he was like i didn't get her as a character but now i'm like oh that's cut that's a a, that's, an, that's another thing that i've this show does so well so well is you know, I think it might be hard at times to like listen to hundreds of hours of fucking campaign, so you kind of lose track. Not all the time, because I think that's what Matt Mercer does so perfectly well as a DM. He he does do story beats at the right time, and he let things flow in between the characters, let them have their role playing moment. But actually seeing it visualized on the telly, you're just like, oh, now I get it. It's one of the things that I love about Matt's way of DMing is that he. Yeah. He allows the campaign to breathe when it needs to breathe, and then yeah. he builds up. And the way that he builds up to different moments is so cool, yeah. so cool, so good. Um, I think that's another thing with Percy as well. Like, I I liked Percy. He wasn't necessarily my favorite when I was listening to Critical Role um, yes. campaign one, and I I really enjoyed the Brywoods um, arc. But again, just seeing it visualized so perfectly like his thing with what he's dealing with at the end of the show which we'll get into and it's just wow you i don't think it could have done this any better no i really don't think so they got the right people involved and i think you know matt mercer i don't think would agree with this as if he's listening you're not listening uh i love your work though um he he is so incredible as a dm and his way of describing, and he puts so much detail into everything that he builds. Because there's a moment in his watch along where he's like, oh yeah, this is exactly how I pictured it. This is like my drawings, and this is like, like and they just used what I said. And I'm like, it's because you give so much detail, it makes it easier for everyone to work with. Yeah. You know. You paint a picture, yeah. Yeah. Like, just going back, like, as I, I, I went back and watched a couple, like, clips from certain episodes of Vox Mark um, the, of the Briarwood campaign and you know what is to come and I'm just like he is so good as a storyteller yeah just write a I don't know just oh, can't ask for better really <laughs> um, and yes. I guess that might be another thing that people have to be wary of it's like if you're going to make your own D&D campaign try not to be a critical role because find your find your own voice yeah yeah don't and like is that whole thing called the mercer effect and a lot of people try to get a character it's crazy away that people and... have like a negative effect thing that they talk about with a D game like it's yeah. like it's a guys oh, it's a game firstly it's a game who cares we, we won't spend time on but, it because we could yeah, do a whole podcast on or a whole half a podcast on the mercer effect yeah but i because i have a lot of opinions on it um and mm. a lot of opinions of people that can continue to talk about it but um we're not going to go there um what i will say though is that i love that um 
think it was Travis that said because they were doing interviews for the show before it was released. Yeah, and I think he said like they made sure that Matt was definitely a presence within the show, and yeah. not only is he a presence because he's everywhere, but it feels like he is as well. The way this is his are, baby. Yeah, the way <laughs> the things are described and the way they're visualized. I was, I was watching it like especially when they get to like uh, a, a location later on. Mm. I was like, this is exactly like. This is exactly like the the epicness that this needs to be because this is yeah this feels very much like I've seen it before but I haven't yeah I've only seen it in my imagination yeah yeah and you're right it it services that and it does it justice so yeah. well and it's it's funny to even think about like you know you you've listened to what has happened and you're visualizing it and then you see it on screen you're like yeah this is exactly how I pictured this moment being but then there are also like you say moments where you visualize it happening. And then you see it; it's completely different to what you expected, and if not better than what you expected. Um, I really cannot, you know, um, praise the artists and you know the voice actor. Like everything about this show, I think is you can't really fault. I really don't think so. No. <laughs> it's weird because I'm normally the sort of person that says that nothing's perfect, but fuck me, this is the closest thing to perfect there is. <laughs> It really is. Wow. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that. To moving to two. Well, I mean, like fucking Briarwoods. This is like Briar an entire Woods. thing. Um, one of the best mini arcs. So the Briarwood arc is talked about within circles of critical role as being the best arc that happened. But really, what happened during the Briarwood arc is that that's when the show really became big. Yep. In the internet. Yeah. And. It went from just a kind of somebody streaming their really funny and cool D&D game with these awesome characters and this great DM to the first big personal story that was told in in like RPG sense in Critical Role. And that is we find out Talison being an amazing human being that he is Mm. and being so twisted and dark at times, creating this such twisted backstory for Percy. Where you think he's just the gunslinger, he's like the tech savvy yeah, gunslinger, he's, innovator, he's, posh he's boy, a cocky, arrogant, upper class guy. Quit, yeah. Um, goes into, um, you know, Vox Machina are heralded as heroes of the realm. They're given a keep. He's. And, oh, I'll tell you what, I've got an opinion. <laughs> and and everything's going great, and they're figuring out where they fit in the new kind of Taldori Council and things. And all of a sudden, there's a banquet coming, and the people that killed Percy's family are going to be there. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> the reason why Percy's the way he is, well, his his past is here to torture him. Yeah. Welcome. I, I was actually just thought if Percy was in the Mighty Nine, he's probably the one that would fit in there the best. Uh, that's from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> because the Mighty Nine, you know, we were talking about like heroes versus like the Mighty Nine aren't good people. No, they do they're, some very questionable. They're, they're very questionably moral, they, and Percy they fits into that. a lot that. of people to be very morally good, which yeah. is a really interesting thing about um, campaign two compared yeah. to campaign one. Campaign one, they're very obviously heroes of the realm and stuff. Yeah. But campaign, Percy's the one. Campaign that two really... is very kind of. They're not heroes of the realm, and they don't want to be heroes of the realm. But everybody they meet along the way, they change mm. for the better, and that's really cool. Percy's the one that very much. <clears throat> cross well, at times crosses that line of you're not a hero mate you're no. you're if not worse than Percy doesn't start off as a hero he starts no. off as a man with a vengeance no. and revenge in his eyes and I'd really much like to see people's reactions to 
what they think of Percy at the start than towards the end. Like, yes. do they like Percy? Do they not like Percy? Do they empathize with Percy? Do they sympathize with empathy, sympathy, fucking pity him? Do they, what, what itty do you do? <laughs> like, what do you Where, think of what him? What itty like, do you stand? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, interesting enough, I think that, um, yeah, you're right. It is about the itties, really. <laughs> I, <laughs> Percy is very much in the background for a lot of the first two episodes. Mm. Obviously so, because his character gets a lot of attention yeah. through this first season. Um, and throughout the campaign, uh, this part in time very much did. He was the main focus, obviously, for reasons. But I, <laughs> I love the fact how, kind of, they they still kept the kind of um, the 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 presence of him being a can of worms in mm, a way. Yeah. Because in the campaign, he's kind of he's the as you say, he's the posh boy and stuff. And then the the Briarwoods come along and come into the story, and something just. and all of a sudden you're like where is this coming from like you are such a deeper cat what what you have some problems like (laughs) you have issues you have issues that you need to speak (laughs) about and address with us yeah and that happened in the campaign it felt like you know percy went from zero to 100 yeah i remember a couple of episodes there's a moment literally (laughs) in like two episodes of this the same thing happens yeah and i love it there's there's a moment i i love in campaign one when they streamed it and it's you know things were starting to uncover like with the Briarwoods and stuff and they ended the session everyone was losing their minds and Percy was like I can finally talk about this I've been waiting to do this for three years or two years or however long it was and it's like and bear in mind that their campaign before the stream was they would meet up every six weeks or so yeah for a session not every week as they streamed it yeah so it took three years to get to that point. God. So yeah, Talison was living with this backstory for three so years long. with Percival. Yeah, yeah. That he created way long ago and mm. that's the moment it all happened. Oh, that's amazing. Ah. Oh. Like there's even like the bits where you look back on some of the clips where like, you know, literally Matt Mercer says the Briarwoods for the first time and Talison just sort of pops up and he's like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, like excessive amount of blinking. Yeah, <laughs> he's like can't yeah. believe what he's just heard. But everyone else on the table is like just yeah. doing their own thing, and he's just sat there having a midlife crisis. It's amazing. <laughs> I think it's the only person amazing. that truly remembers like anything is like, Ashley Johnson because she hears the name and she just looks at Talison and he's having like his moment, and she's like, "Oh no, what, something, something's happened here." Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Briarwood's come. They have a dinner party. Um, and Percy loses his shit because, you know, he just... Oh, yeah, the, the things that uncover, like, you know, his his parents were murdered by, like, a bunch of, you know, what seemed to be his friends. Uh, the people that, like, you know, helped educate them when they were growing up. And, like, you know, Briarwoods came and just destroyed everything. All the Whitestone. And I don't know how I, much I more love, detail you I want love, to get into this. I love how, I love how much backstory that and this is this is the thing i love about that mm. this is so cool and this is something that i strive to do and i'm gonna i'm being very ambitious when it comes to the game that i eventually want to run and yeah that i'm gonna try and because I, I i i want to as well that i i my this the way my mind works i just run off ideas mm. but i love how how 
like Lord and Lady Briarwood have their own backstory and origin. We don't see in the in the campaign we, in the stream. We don't see. I it. love that we see a lot of their story in this and we why do. Delilah. And we get more of it, which was all yeah. just revealed at the end of the campaign wrap up session from from Matt. Mm. This idea that they they were living in Wildmount and they were she was a member of the Cerberus Assembly mm. and she was married to lord brywood who was yeah. alive and well and then he just dies and then he dies yeah. and then she so screams into the void and starts you know talking about necromantic things and tries to bring him back to life because her love is just so powerful yeah and she you know sells her soul to the void and this this whispered this, one this whispered one comes whispering that back. I wonder, if I <laughs> wonder who the whispered one is ryan um please make like 14 seasons of this show <laughs> But yeah. this voice comes back out saying, yeah. I can help you. And that's how they become a vampire and a creepy necromantic witch lady. Yeah. And then they get chased out of the, the uh, of Wildman and out of the, the Empire. Because the, the they're Guardian not good Empire. people. <laughs> and then they make their way all the way across to Saldore. And to they Whitestone, yeah. Decide to... Because um, there, there's a... Just kill a whole family and take power like yeah because there, there was a moment in the watch line where matt was like okay a little bit more of the backstory is um that you know delilah brought back silas and apparently there was a moment of just like okay like a content of delilah just being like oh i've got my what love back wanted, yeah. i've got what i wanted and just you know got a little bit too comfortable and then the whispered one just basically is like you still owe me i could easily take this away yeah so do the thing that i want and that's what sort of drove her to go into whitestone and taken over and murder and everyone just doing what there's the a reason want. there's yeah. a reason they need to go to whitestone yeah and yeah he, they've been sent on this mission themselves to go to whitestone yeah um and gut the you know the rolos out and then take it for themselves yeah which we obviously gets revealed later yeah. on but I, I love the in the show the the flashback sequences and i love the transitions within this show like oh, so good I, I really lo- I'm an absolute you know I'm an absolute sucker for like one shots in like some live of, action yeah, shows but I'm them. also an I oh, I get off on when like you have like young Percival you know looking in the mirror or something like that holding a gun and then it just sort of transition wipes to older and it's just exactly the same frame I love so all of that yeah. shit and it looks beautiful in the animation so good style. yeah and I love that because there's those moments in D&D games you get where a piece of lore or information gets dropped, because we've experienced it. Yeah. And somebody has to explain their way out of that situation. Yeah. And it's essentially them giving a monologue about something yeah. that's happened. And I love it now that there's an animation, you can now animate that. Yeah. And uh, there's so many. There's so many the one also. where he is describing how he escaped the Briarwoods from his hometown and he managed yeah. to survive is just... Oh, yeah. So it's incredible. Um <sighs> Yeah, I, I love the... Uh, actually, it's a little bit later. I was going to get on to like, him building the gun and stuff, and that's not like sort of revealed until later on. Um, the the main... Well, ending to one of the episodes is them having the dinner and then like sort of Vax going off. Yeah. Finding the secrets that he doesn't really notice about. And that's directly ripped from like campaign to screen. Yeah, not it's, book, it's, not not page to screen, but like not page to screen, board to screen board, sort of thing. Because I loved it. If someone tweeted out, there was this, yeah, there's this one tweet that I saw, and it was like, oh, from this to now, 
and it was literally like that episode where you have Silas and uh, Vax, their little models, on this drawn-out thing that Matt made of this bedroom and Delilah to the actual frame, mm. and it's spot on. It's spot on. It's yeah. so good. It's 100% it. <laughs> I, I love the... The room he draws is really cute, by the way. I love it. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing. I love seeing the development of it's like him going from... Well, uh, like what we do, effectively, what yeah. we did. We've gone from... With drawing, drawing everything out on like pens and, and stuff. I invested into some terrain and we've used that a few times. Yeah, very good. But I love I love the idea of this. Um, yeah, and it's changed a little bit that scene, but I love the way they did it. it you know, it was yeah. it, it was a good change. But you still get that dramatic thing of them walking basically. I love the like, the little things that don't really matter that they just keep in like the the snake belt. Just keep that Simon because yeah. Simon the Because that was the thing. I lo- Yeah, you know, these little add-ons. We don't need to explain this belt that is a snake. That, it's just fucking yeah, weird, isn't it? That, just... Yeah, and I, I like that. And I bet it will be a re- reoccurring ability that Vax uses and yeah. they'll find a way to work it into other things. Because yeah. he didn't use it... He used it a bit, but he didn't use it that much. Not much, in but... the original campaign because it's a bit of a weird item to have. But yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that... I also love the fact that the snake had an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a history, mate. <laughs> Which I think is literally snake because eyes. someone make a made a joke about simon having an eye patch <laughs> so they've just made the snake have an eye yeah, patch yeah. um what i love is that um yeah and i love that i loved it that they were just like yeah this is the thing we're just rolling with it yeah but i would like to see because this is a this is the thing i wanted to bring up and it goes back to me saying like how people that haven't seen the stream would react mm. i would like to see how people would react that don't know anything about dnd that watch this because watch it, i yeah. do feel like there were a there were a couple of moments in here even though they did a really good job at yeah. passing over everything there were a couple of moments in here that i think were like mm, you would you would maybe struggle to get that reference and you'd maybe tune out of that if you didn't have an idea yeah. of fantasy and fantasy games and stuff very true and um it's not is, is it, isn't he crit- no i'm not criticizing it's just how a little dare thing you? how dare i how dare you it's just a little thing i picked up on but i think it's really I think they do a lo- I think they do a really good job in the early episodes of like having the characters do little explainer ways of like yeah. I use magic out of music. Cool. Of the, you use magic out of nature. Quick mention on the sound design as well. And I know that in the watch long also that they mentioned that Pike's use of magic sounds completely different to the magic that Keyleth uses. So which, much so, so yes. much attention to detail which is so good. Yeah. It, and that's really great because sometimes at the table it, you find it hard to differentiate it. I yeah. mean, we know from our campaigns playing, like, magic is magic in D&D, but magic, each character but... has a different source of magic. Yeah. Uh, my character, Popos, is music and it's his voice. He's a bard, he's yeah. He's, yeah. A bar- he's a bard. Um, he's a shanty singer from a... Sh- mm. uh, used to be on ships and stuff. He was the the, the first mate singing boy on yeah. pirate ships and things. But, like, that's You're... his backstory. I always try and describe what i'm doing because i feel like it helps it gives flavor yeah. to it i could just be like i i cast this i cast this spell yeah but actually it's cool if i you know there's a lot that i've noticed um liam do that uh, does in campaign two he's really he, cool he's very it. good there's at a that. lot of it's epic like, moments of yeah. um liam's amazing i do this and i i just pull this string and i like you know get some bird shit You've and then i a, make this yeah. it's like oh okay wow amazing great oh my god <laughs> There's a really great one coming up. Oh, is there? Yeah. Fuck. There's a really great one coming up. Okay. Not too long ago. Um, oh, about episode 45, we, I think. That, that whole... 
yeah, the the whole fight also between Silas, Delilah, and the rest of Vox Machina, and just out in the courtyard see, that happens. Yeah, see, seeing bloody Craven Edge for the first time. I wonder if that's gonna be anything. That's, that's definitely gonna not all, gonna be bad. Yeah. Um, also, I love. Oh, I love. I love that they kept the um the him screaming Silas, yes. Percy screaming Silas at them. a lot of the main quotes from the campaign they're just like wow Talison, you fucking knocked out of the park we're going to use that exact quote in mm. the show like you know at, right at the end of the the episode where he's got the uh the driver on the floor yeah. shoots his fingers off and he's like your soul is forfeit and i'm like fuck yeah. i remember that moment that was so good oh, it was so good <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember the Cyrus bit there, uh, the Silas bit there. Yeah, and he comes around the corner and he, just, the screams. And he just screams. I remember yeah. at the start of that combat in that session, and I'm yeah. just being like, "Oh, this is not fun. This is this is not a happy oh, time." <laughs> I remember also in the watch one, they like I think everyone expressed like I think um, Ashley Johnson and Talison was like one of my favorite moments was actually doing the the screaming sounds and just feel like sound effects yeah 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 like doing all the grunts and everything and it works it's so good that's one of the details of animation that i think a lot of people don't really think about you don't do no you don't think about wow ashley johnson literally had to sit there and go like or something (laughs) what does it sound like to get punched (laughs) or throw a punch yeah yeah so good Um, doing 40 takes of that just to try and get the right one yeah 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 um absolutely so many good quotes in this entire show um move on a little bit like so, the episode four shadow at the gates yeah. they they move on from that so they have the fight in the courtyard with the bribers the bribers get away yeah of course they do um but it's the secret's out in the open the bribers kill percy's family and they need to yeah. go and chase him down uh they can't because they get arrested yeah cause trouble because percy um, might be a bit Fucking oh, like a bit, bit, bit. He shot someone's fingers off. Yeah, like a bit ruthless. No mercy, Percy. No you could mercy say Percy. So glad that they kept him being no, no mercy, Percy. Love it, love it, love it. Merciless. That's the one. Um. Yeah, but this is where um they basically sovereign euro puts a box marker on house arrest which i yeah. love this episode because they're at the keep obviously on house arrest you mm. get a lot of good character development moments between the, all the car uh, yeah the cast and the um the characters talking um we get the introduction of Jarrett. yeah <laughs> who's a beloved campaign one npc yeah 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 um he was apparently introduced the the session before they started streaming really in 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 critical Amazing. role yeah so good stuff Love it. Love, love Jarrett. Um, Jarrett's a cool NPC that comes up uh, more in the next arc of the campaign mm. than what will be season two. He has a bigger role in it. Yeah, a little bit bigger. Role. I remember, like, um, he's episode... got a slightly changed role for the ca- uh, for the show. Actually, I think he's like, yeah. he's not. Cause I can't remember what. I think he's just like a mercenary guard in yeah. the in the in the stream show. But he in the cat in the uh, sorry, sorry in the uh, TV series, he's a. Um, I think he's like Captain the Guard or something. Yeah, you know, of of Taldore. But I I really love love the voice actor that plays him. Love the depiction, the character. Um, uh, so Jarrett shows up and they all get attacked by a bunch of wraiths, isn't it, or something? Wraiths like or shades, that? Or shades or whatever. Yeah. And I adore this episode because it's so horrific, like the horror aspect, and it's fucking brutal. I I love like, it. I was like, and oh, they they did so well with this. This is really I because you know. The typical superhero show or anything like that, you'll be like, 
yeah, they're all going to survive, whatever, whatever. But they, they really do make you start to question that. You're like, I know these guys are going to survive, yeah, but right. then I know these guys are going to survive, but, but are they actually going to die here? Like, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, they, they, when they were describing that, they mentioned that we wanted to try and push the, the go to the line of it makes you question whether they are, are going to screw us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I love that... Um, it's so horrific seeing like and the also, dark blood coming out of their eyes. It's and, a great way to do oh. the suspense, isn't it? Because what you don't want in a show like this is that the suspense, like the heroes become too overpowered too early and then you're yeah. like, well... Yeah. How, I think, how um, are they going to... Like, like why, why would they worry about this? But I love the fact that they, there's, there's this enemy that they can't see that can you know go through walls, has all these weird abilities and is just terrifying as hell. It's, and they don't know how to tackle it. and they're It's, it's one of the main first... Well, second, third, whatever, like main bits that Keith comes up and saves the day again. Yeah. Um, with the what, what was this, the magic she, that he she casts? Basically, creates some daylight, which it's just daylight, isn't it? Yeah, creatures don't particularly love. Yeah. <laughs> um, I particularly love. No, yeah. uh, not a fan. No, uh, her conjuring up and just, I just again want to say like the, the animation of just seeing like the the bodies of Scanlan, of Keith, and of every member just sort of decomposing and just getting torn apart and it's so graphic like yeah definitely don't show your kids this show As is, uh, we should probably say fall out, we right? haven't yet like <laughs> this is a cartoon show it's not for kids it's not a kids show don't, don't well even in it. the first episode you see scan and going all out on a on a on a we didn't mention on that, a lady there's a, yeah. there is a there is an intimate scene yeah great song again it is, it is a really good song. It is a good song, to be fair. Yeah, um, yeah you should probably not... Um, yeah, don't show your kids this. Nice. Definitely for mum and dad. Yeah. Or mum and mum, or dad and dad. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you're right. And it's one of my... Yeah, I love it. I love that episode. I love the um, kind of... I love that how they've kind of set up the set pieces in every episode. Mm. You know, and I love that that episode was just so... They did so much with it in such little space. They're literally yeah. just confined to their house... And we get a bit of Briarwood's stuff. Um, we see the yeah. creation of these things that come to hunt yeah, by, yeah. by Lady Delilah Briarwood. We get a little bit more story with them. Apparently, the incantations that she says, like the words and stuff, some of them are words that are used like later on in the campaign, like referencing things that could come up, some words that Matt Mercer just creates during the campaign, and also some of the words that are sort of reversed. So it all just... It's really, it's really cool. Great writing. Um, incredible it's really cool um, yeah and we also get um, the start of Pike's journey in this because she leaves yeah she leaves after the last episode or she leaves uh, during this episode because her faith is on the line yeah and she does. And she, she can't she um, heads out uh, at the end of last episode sorry she heads out no it's in this one no, I think it's in this it's one. in this one yeah yeah when they go to Whitestone and then she's like no nah, I'm not gonna come because I can't do magic because I'm disconnected from the other light yeah so it's the yes that, you're right it's the yeah. end of this episode sorry they, they stave off the fret and they are... I love how they don't kill Trinket Trinket's outside and he's just he's just sitting there he's just sitting oh, there oh buddy he's scared buddy buddy <laughs> um everybody needs a yeah. Trinket buddy I want a Trinket I want a big bear <laughs> um 
but yeah i i yeah trinket's so cute in this yeah. I just keep thinking about trinket now. <laughs> <laughs> i love it like little things in the background like i mentioned like there's there's a moment earlier in one of the episodes where you know vox mark and are coming out of like the taldore council or whatever and then you just see two guards playing with trinket because everyone loves trinket god everyone loves trinket um, um even just quickly mention like the yeah. easter eggs that are in this episode scanlon when his body has been put on this table it's a DM table. It's the table they have to play D&D on yeah. in Critical Role. Just yeah, from little team. shit like that. I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. I didn't notice it first time around, and then yeah. I saw a still frame of it, and I went... Oh, shit. Oh, yes. See what well you done, done there. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, at the end of the episode, they head off. They, they're released because they saved Jarrett's life during this attack, yeah. and the Sovereign is like... Oh, yeah, the Sovereign maybe. is controlled during this episode by yeah. uh, Lord Brywood. Yeah. They managed to free him of that yeah. presence... And uh, he lets them go to Whitestone. So they get some supplies. Mm. We see Gilmore in this for the first time. Yeah. Um, oh, no, for the second time. Sorry. Second time, yeah, they yeah. They get some supplies from Gilmore. Gilmore. They say goodbye to Good Gilmore. On, yeah. Love Gilmore. And then they head out and they say goodbye to Pike, who goes off. Yeah. Um, I love I love that scene between her and Grog. Again, like you, you have the occasional like duo. You know, you'd have, like, you know, Percy and Vex. You'd have Vax and Keyleth. And Grog and Pike is... Some of the best. We'll talk about romance more as we get down the yeah. the back yeah. end of this season. But I love that even this early on, they Little are hints to hinting it. at the Vex Percy connection. Yeah, how she seems to be the only thing that cuts through to him at times during yeah. his darkest moments, mm-hmm. and how they've always kind of even from the beginning had a sort of weird. I suppose it is attraction, but I kind of label it as an attractive respect of like. Mm this person is intelligent and this person is intelligent and I like that about you and I respect that about you and it kind of grows more and more as this season goes on which I love um, yeah so in the uh, <clears throat> they're on the road in episode 5 and they head to Whitestone yeah. they get attacked by a bunch of weird dog things yeah dog dog demon things and dog demon. fucking dog demon. again the design and a thing I we forgot to mention with the dragon as well that there's a lot of animation that is 3D and CGI very good and it you know, the, the moments that it, it's not like it stands out, it's noticeable that you're like, okay, that's 3D and that's not drawn 2D for reasons that it would have taken even longer to do and it would have been a fucking pain in the ass and probably cost a lot more. Yeah. But it works. It works so well. I, I love the presentation of some of the 3D animation in all of this and each, uh, we'll get on to like some of the zombies in later episodes, but a lot of the zombies every single one of them is completely different That's not not one of them is a copy and paste of another and yeah like even with like the, the weird dog things like each one is unique and horrifying in its own way and you know end up killing the horses which uh apologies for your horse lovers out there but um they run off a cliff they do run off a cliff yeah. unfortunately uh with the book the book disappears yeah the book Oh, they think they retrieve the book, don't they? Uh, no, they don't. No, they no don't. the oh, book gets taken back to Delia. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. it. The book gets taken back to Delia. Well done, remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're on the road and they are on the road again. Uh, we get a lot of Pike trying to connect with the Everlight in this. Yeah. And we get um, those it's awesome again, dream sequences. Beautiful. Oh, so good. I wonder if that's this a reference just... to Campaign 2. Oh, really? Because there's something that you haven't got to yet, I Not don't yet. think. Because I don't think Yash has been around enough. But No. Um, okay, a little bit of a... That's fine, good. Uh, Ashley Johnson's character in Campaign 2, Yasha, um, has a lot of dreams. Yes. To do with her faith. 
And I think they borrowed quite heavily from a lot of that, including the glass-like ocean dream, which is something that is a recurring thing for her. Yeah. And um, they borrowed it for Pike because there's this beautiful, like, glass-like ocean with this bright horizon and stuff. And it's so well. It's just so beautiful. Gorgeous. Contrast with, like, Pike's golden hair and stuff. Yeah. um, And her little kind of shiny form. Yeah. Um, And then she speaks to the Everlight. So good. And Trace, I don't think there Tracy is. Tom's is amazing. I don't think there is is a moment where Pike is talking to the Everlight or I guess Serum Ray in the campaign. Not this early on. Not this early on. Uh, no. There is one. Yeah. She does Maybe get one. to meet yeah, her yeah, yeah. eventually, yeah. but that is a very late game. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the fact that they they do yeah. did this, and then there's a lot of there's some great like some great truths and moral teachings in a lot of these scenes of like. You can have faith. It doesn't matter how you follow a faith, as long as you're true to it and yeah. you're true to yourself. That's what matters, really. Yeah. And that's what Pike's wrestling with. And I love, I love all that. It's so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and then, oh, this is where it gets fucking heavy. Like I think when we talked about the campaign, there's a specific moment that happens uh, in the stream where they get to a moment Ooh. and they're like, "Okay, this isn't like." A good fun D and D session anymore. This is heavy shit that we're dealing with and we're a part of, and that's to do with the Sun Tree and specific people that are involved with the Sun Tree. So, I, I again, I love the contrast and like the sort of flashbacks that Percy has when he's describing what Whitestone is like and how beautiful and elegant it is, and with the Sun Tree looking this like just beacon, it's, its yeah. own being sort of thing. And then when we actually get to Whitestone, and it's a wasteland. It's it's horrible. It's a ghost town. Yeah, it's yeah. a ghost town filled with giant zombies and just zombies themselves and other guards and yeah. people that are after. And you have these little you know, underground people involved in Archie. And, uh, Played by Dominic Monaghan. Who's great. Who's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you have those people that are trying to cause a revolution. And, and then they come across the sun tree and it, it's well it's in the previous episode that wasn't in the campaign because again it's like it's building on you don't get to see that perspective you don't, you don't see the perspective of delilah coming across uh seven yeah it is seven isn't it or six seven uh, seven seven when pike's not there yeah these okay. the group of uh, the same amount of people that are involved in vox mark and i get taken to delilah briarwood and there's a little girl that says are we doing something like i've forgotten what she exactly Six. says yeah um and then uh, delilah's like yeah yeah you're definitely going to be here for a reason you're really cute and like oh, yeah and then they get hung from the sun tree and they're all fucking dead <laughs> little girl and ah uh, i remember again the sun tree scene in the campaign <sighs> is one of my favorite moments one of the most disturbing yet iconic moments the reason in any it's D&D. done by the way is to send a message to vox machina because they dress the the, uh, the bodies the people up like the crew of Vox Machina if you see a lot of the detail as well like the person that is hung up as Keyleth has like bits of wood hammered into her skull oh. it's really disturbing nice, yeah and I love it they just go fucking all out again they really do I, I again it's again with like Matt Mercer's mind you're like god you're sick fuck for thinking of this but <laughs> One but of it's, my favourite lines that Marisha says after many sessions is, I have to go home with you. It's <laughs> one of my favourite things. Um, oh. Yeah, it again, translated perfectly. Like, I, I was always, you know, I think we mentioned 
in one of the podcasts and the episode didn't come out yet and I was just thinking like fuck I can't wait for that moment not because oh yeah I love seeing fucking horrible people no there was a lot of people and there was a lot of people within the like critic community and within the the D&D community who were waiting for that moment yeah because that was a staple it's it's still as horrifying it's still as impactful and amazing as if you rewatch the stream now and um, I'm sure it will have the same effect when you watch the TV show oh it's so good um yeah again i wanted i want to watch it with my mum and just see her reaction to that moment because you know the first couple episodes like yeah we're fighting dragons and yeah we're bedding women yeah we're all a bunch of fuckwits yeah we're in taverns having brawls and stuff oh no there's like seven innocent people and children like because the children are depicting the gnomes and oh they're all dead in this horrible brutal way that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, it is really bad. Um, aesthetically, it looks beautifully horrible as well. Like the the sun tree looking somewhat dead and Withered you have the giants dead. walking around and like destruction everywhere. It's, uh, again, artists and animators. Artist design. Beautiful. I did, I did watch one of the questionnaires they did on the stream with some of the developers they had on. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about favourite things to design. Is that like, probably just like yeah. the guy was like the whole of Whitestone was just so yeah. fun. Like yeah. everything was fun, but the whole of to getting to bring Whitestone to life in particular ways was Yeah. They did such a good job. Very so good. Um what happened after that? So yeah, obviously Suntry happens and then they go find Archie, they have a revolution, and then there's other people that turn up that Percy remembers from his past. There's a lot of uh sort of backstory for Percy and meeting old characters he used to know and he learns that his sister is a Yes, that's a big thing. He's not the only survivor of the Dorolos. Yeah, um, which Death definitely doesn't come back to bite him. Yeah, oh, it, Paul, uh, oh, his, his performance is fucking great at Stonefall. Darren DePaul, um, so good. I guess, yeah, so then one of their next plans is, okay, so we need to cause a distraction. Um, so we're going to send Scanlan in. Episode 7, Scanbo. <laughs> Again, ripped straight from the, the show. And again, I was like waiting for this moment. It's like, oh yeah, he's going to turn into a triceratops. <laughs> oh, I love this. This is great. <laughs> this is a random moment where he just turns himself into a triceratops and just stops like, standing around the house. And yeah. I was wondering how they were going to do it. And I love that they they made like Kyrian Stonefeld's, like, yeah. Kyrian Stonefeld. Uh, you know, it is Kyrian Stonefeld. Um, played by the Hound from Game of Thrones. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, is it not Stonefeld? It's not Stonefeld. It's, um, what's his name? What's his name? Da, 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 so, no, Stonefell, Professor Andre, no, Keepy in and Lady, no, Duke Vedemir, uh, no, Vedmire, yes, Vedmire, Vedmire, yeah. yes, yeah, Roy uh, McCann, yes, yeah, Ved- that's the hound, Vedmire's house. So Scanlan goes in, and I was like, how are they going to make it that he turns into a triceratops? And it's like, oh, the man is a hunting lodge, yeah, and there's just a bunch of random bones, and there's like a partially, you know, um, a partially, you know. Uh, complete skeleton of this weird creature and he just goes oh that could work yeah and he just then turns into it using I, a spell again spell. with the art design i love the fact that when he turns into triceratops he's still got his sideburns yes so funny i also love how and they they do do it and they do it not very often but they do do it every time keyleth wild shapes she still has antlers oh it's so good love. Like, yeah, like just turns see into it. a rabbit with little antlers yeah. running around. It's really cool. I love the fact that they keep her just like, yeah, I could transform into a fucking, like, minxie when she turns into that all the time. Like, fuck yeah. 
I love that. Minks eating the cat. Yeah. It's like again with like the whole D and D. When speaking of it from a um, a gaming aspect, like turning into like a minx or a tiger, or whatever, it's not the most powerful animal that a druid can turn into, but it's like a staple of what each keyleth yeah. is about. Like that's staple probably her favorite like spiritual animal or something. And I think it's what Grog gives her that name. Like in a in a off uh, like a uh, home campaign like before the stream started, like Grog called her. Minxie, Minxie, and it just stuck. And yeah. it just stuck. And I oh, love that. <laughs> I also love how there's a lot of heartfelt moments with Grog because Grog's such an innocent soul, weirdly, because he's such a barbaric person, yeah. usually in the battle when he just rages and kills everything. Yeah. But I love it how he has some really sincere conversations where he's just basically being like, You okay? He's such an innocent scan- child, and, and I love stuff. it. And it's, it's just so. Oh, it's so good. I love a bit when. You know, they meet back up with Scanlan after all this, like, fucking commotion has happened. And Grog just sort of, like, talks to him as if he's just forgotten why he left. Like, <laughs> he's that fucking thick. And he's like, oh, hey, Scanlan. Yeah, yeah, nice seeing you. Like, don't know why you were gone, but nice to see you again. Love it. It's just so brilliant. I love this episode. I love it how everything was pretty much verbatim as well. Yeah. Of him, like, I, you know dousing it with fire using different i love it how they had like a bunch of potions that they collected and he was like yeah, i wonder if what yeah, these yeah. do and it was basically all the spells that he cast during that session it was and then um, he um yeah he goes like up to the, the roof and he, well. he duels down with vedmire and then he jumps yeah, off the roof and don't think that happens the duel between him and vedmire from what i don't think I remember. he gets up to the roof no but to again him. like Again, I'm speaking highly of the fucking animators. They had to animate them on top of a building that is covered in fire and it's also raining. And also Scanlan's performing like the magic and stuff. Magic hand, which is also reflecting a light source from it. It's like, fuck how much You could have easily been like, Yeah, it's not raining tonight. But they just had to add that extra little bit, just you know, giving them some more fucking effort that they have to but they just knock it out of the park so, so well. It's so well done. Like watching the show and like hearing all of their like perspectives and everything, it just make me appreciate animation so much more. Um, just yeah, when you do a deep dive into those kind of yeah. things, it really you make it makes you realize how daunting it is just to make such a short piece of thing as you said, like yeah, twenty two minutes average episode time. Yeah, that was like, <sighs> madness. There's no wonder it took us like three years to get this because like the amount of effort and rightly so, I'd rather you know I'd wait, rather uh, wait that yeah, time yeah for, it, yeah for something so good. Yeah, and if I'm, it, I'm I'm sure they've already started on season two. Oh, <laughs> fucking better well. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. it's just that entire fight and like you know, Scanlan having his traditional <laughs> lightning bolt coming out from his crotch. I love it how they oh. explain that. It's like yeah. it's such an unnecessary thing to explain, but I love it. Yeah, I love it so, so much. Good. I think um, just a completely off sort of yeah. tangent little thing. Yeah, there's a bit in the stream where Scanlan literally takes a shit into a jar yeah. on the side of a counter and that he scries through whatever sees through his literal shit and apparently there's a background scene in like an earlier part of the episode where you actually see the shit just detail amazing just yes yeah like, uh, it, it's uh, so Scanlan takes a lot of shits in this, <laughs> this, this, in this. The, the scry shit was such a Sam thing it's just so <laughs> funny um uh, very good. Um, yeah, so Bigby's hand, amazing. Or, or Scanlan's hand, even. Um, so what happens after that? Yeah, it's... We get the episode with Professor Anders. So basically yes. they go around destabilizing the Briarwoods plot. They they take care of, you know, 
they raise a rebellion and all this stuff, um, and then they go and decide to hit up. Oh, it was uh, uh, was it was it before that? Which, which was the episode that they killed? Um, that that uh, Percy killed uh, Stonefell. Was it this before is that? This one, it now. is this one. Yeah, he yeah, almost yeah, kills yeah. him in the thing, and then he gets away. Yeah, and yeah. And he, and then they go into this one, which is called the Silver Tongue, and yeah. they have. Um, they face off against Kieran Stonefeld, who in the campaign was a bard. Yeah. With a silver tongue, and he was very good at persuasion and stuff yeah. and charming people. Um, and they storm his mansion after, you know, after having a little bit of a brawl with him at the jail, mm. after breaking out Archie, he runs away. So then they go in after, straight after Vedmire's house is burning down, he, a distraction is caused, so they run away and yeah. go and get Cassandra, who they're trying to get out of this no, mansion. they... they... Because they're different people. Because uh, Professor Anders is the one that slices Cassandra's neck at the end of this episode. But Stonefeld dies just before, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's what no, I want. No, he doesn't know because he survives because he's he's in the next episode. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Scanner just leaves him on the roof, but he um he he gets out. I think. I no, Stonefell is the one that was played by uh, Darren DePaul. And Duke Vedmire is the Duke one that Vedmire, was sorry, yeah, yeah. survived. That's right. <laughs> and then Stonefeld is in this it's, episode where they... Stonefeld is the one that Percy just mercilessly kills, and that whole sequence when they're in the jailhouse, and he's like, "I wanted you to know it was me." When he takes off the yes, mask, sorry, and... I'm no, that's right. That's right. There's a lot of characters. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, so Professor Anders is yeah, yeah, yeah. then played. He's the one by... with the silver tongue. Um, yeah. Who's Professor Anders played by? He's, he's played by, played by uh, Stephen Root. Yeah, and he's yeah. brilliant. He's and, amazing. And so creepy and weird. So it, he's Percy's like old professor who turned against the family. Yeah. Um, because he thought they were a bunch yeah. of stuck up wankers. Which, in a way, they were. Yeah. Um, I'd like to mention also that uh, the the dad is played by Percy. Uh, yes. But, but, uh, by um, Taliesin, even. Taliesin yeah. Jaffe plays his own dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's. Um, uh, Gray, who plays the mother, yeah, so as well. Delilah, Delilah, Delilah and and the mother, um, yeah, which I really loved. Uh, great, that was cool. good stuff. Um, in a lot of the flashback sequences that happen, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they go to kill Professor Anders and get Cassandra back. Yeah. Um. In the this happens later on in yeah. the campaign because in the campaign they face off against Professor Anders when they after they find a certain person in a jail cell. Yes. And they can storm the castle, and then they there's a great encounter in a room where Vax does a thing where he's like one, two, yeah, three, and <laughs> burst through the door. Um, and it's a great scene actually. And I'm 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 kind of sad that they they changed it because I love the original version, but I love the new version they did. And I love that they had this like mini boss fight in this house with him. Yeah. And he's got a silver. He's literally got a silver tongue, mm. uh, which is a gift. That was from that was Lila. the difference in from the. Yeah, show, he was just a bard the... in the show yeah but in, but in this, this he's, he's got like a a, a persuasive romantic yeah. tongue that he can basically control people with everyone and then he controls grog and he controls and he controls max and everybody yeah. and it all goes to shit and cassandra gets I... her throat sliced and um yeah we get to see keyleth heal yeah um stepping up once again stepping up yeah to the plate and i love how it's different from as you mentioned from pike and i I love loved all that i I like to mention also again it rides that line it's like i know cassandra's gonna live but they leave it that like extra few seconds long like when she is like alive and you're like wait no she's not oh she's not not (laughs) got lost in it then 
And Keyleth is just as bumbling mess and be like, hey, I'm, I'm Keyleth and I'm so glad you're alive. I, I've got to help my... my Okay, bye. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> love the Boucheret is so good in this. Um, but yeah, I, I love that, and um, oh, such a cool little thing. And they yeah. fight a bunch of like automaton robots that like get possessed and yeah. start smashing around. Yeah, love all that. Yeah, mm. it was really cool. It, when is it that we? It's a little bit before this. Sorry, I just keep on going back and forth. Is it's when we see the names on the barrel of Percy's gun. It's it's a few episodes before that because he, he obviously shoots Stonefell with it. Um, it it's, was just before that. It's in that. It's, yeah, yeah. It's when he's he's like aiming. He's the flicking gun, it. Right? He, no, it's yeah. yeah. It's it's when they're having a downtime <clears throat> when they're about to go to Whitestone and he's like camping outside. And then this entire sequence also is really great because they go and all the members of Voxmark and are talking about like their previous like greatest or weirdest villains that they've gone up against. And you see Vax killing the uh, um, Rakshasa. Which is a reference, which to, is what a reference happens. to what happens later on. And yeah. Yeah, all of these references that happens is what hap- what happens in the main campaign. Yeah. Like, you know, Grog tearing some monster's tongue out. But yeah, it's in that moment where Percy's fiddling with his gun. You see the names of each of the uh, people he- he's got on his list. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um, yeah. And the names on the barrel of the guns was a great reveal. Yeah. And I love how they do it in the show as well. It's yeah. so. Oh, it was so good. Also, yeah, the, the, it. just fiddling, just through the, the animation of him reloading is so fucking satisfying as well. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's got the name of. Uh, I love how he names the gun as well when he he creates bad news and he's like, and <sighs> Grog's like, "What is you, that?" And he's just like, "Nothing it's bad but bad news." news. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." That yes, I completely <laughs> yeah. I, I loved seeing that and. Again, with the animation, like it, it's it does that sort of cheesy thing where he loads up this massive fucking gun and he shoots it, and then it goes from like three different camera angles of the same shot just to show you how fucking powerful this yeah. thing is, and it just completely rips yeah. apart this one giant. Let's be honest, it's... we all did that in our head the first time we shot it in the campaign. Yes, but I love that they, they've literally just put like, yeah, they've just put that. It's like we're just gonna. Put a cartoon to the vision in your head. Here we go. Yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Prof Sanders is like controlling everyone, controlling all these things, and Percy is sort of trapped up against the wall, about to die, and then he pulls off his really <sighs> trick shot. Trick shot, but also we start. Well, it, it's it's referenced a little bit before that, but we see more of the smoke that is billowing out of him, and this. Yeah, he's not. This is, this is like this is where a little bit of a thing that's happened a couple of times becomes you, you first More. cock your eye at it and you go what is wrong there's with something else fueling him than just Percy's vengeance yeah. there is the, the first time we see it is and you see the eyes for the first time in this episode yes. change as well which yeah. I love that the, the yellow and the black that's fucking perfect now the first time we see it is when they first fight Delilah and Silas at, uh, in Tal'Dorei um, and you see like him walking up to the uh, the, the driver and you see the shadow just turn into this demon and the visualization <laughs> so cool. of everything in Percy's this is... shadow is one to watch if you do do a rewatch because yeah. you said about the gun earlier to his head yeah um there's so many little details that i'm sure i missed a load so, so i'm gonna keep an eye on that the next time linking it into uh like the names on the list there's a little reference that scanlon says to percy is like oh you've got five names but you've got six bullets who's the sixth for 
And in that moment, if you pause it and you look at Percy's shadow, you see him pointing the gun to his own head. Yeah, rather than oh. fiddling with it down here, yeah. Oh, it's just... That's so dark and twisted. <laughs> but again, it's, it, I don't think it's ever else mentioned It's again. interesting because that's different from um, the campaign, actually. Because in the campaign, the, well, the reasoning Taliesin gives in the campaign was like, is that he realised that the end of the list was not the end. That yeah. once he got the taste for vengeance, yeah. he would just keep going. And the idea yeah. that the list would just keep on... Which we yeah. see in the show, the names do change on it from time no, to time. One of them does appear again that he never knew. Yeah, um, and yeah. It, it does. It does do that, and it goes through the different members of Vox Machina as well. I think. Yeah. Different different things, and even himself. This... So it's like it, it shows that like, like th- this isn't like this isn't like I've got these lists on the barrels of my gun. I'm gonna go and do this, and I'm okay. It's like no, yeah, this is no. a flexible. There's um. Thing. You could probably get a little bit political with this as well, in the sense of like the whole gun you know like fucking is he pro-gun or not percy's not pro-gun at all no that's literally the whole point of his character is that he's made this weapon of destruction and once he's done his job and is he's he's finished with his his list that's when he's like no this this ends this ends this ends with me and that's a little thing that happens throughout the rest of the campaign like you know a little bit spoilers for that if you ever want to go and watch it is it's a recurring thing that pops up. It's like, no, once this ends with me, like no one else should have what I've created. It's a really, it's it's really interesting, like knock on thing of like in the critical role stream and the world. Cause obviously all three campaigns are set in the same world. Um, and it's, it's great to like see the progression of well, it's not great, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's cool to see that Matt is so good at world building that like, yeah, Percival made a deal with a pretty bad demon thingy. Yeah. He made a gun in a purely medieval magic world yeah. and that stuck and now there's militaries around the world that have yep. firearms yep. and different things and it's yeah, I, I love the idea of like that was once that technology was out in the world and it's a whole part of like another character that we haven't mentioned that we'll get to. Um, yeah. Her nicking the plans for it and basically yeah. basically releasing it into the world and you know, it would never be the same. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else is there in this episode? Yeah, so we get to the point where his his inner self, his inner demon is coming. Now he does the trick shot, kills... Uh, uh, well, slices the tongue out of um, Professor... Anders. Anders. Mr. Anderson. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Had to be done. <laughs> Had to be done. Um, and, you know, that window was begging... Yeah. for someone to yeah. be thrown yeah, out I, when I saw it when they walked in the room I was like you're going through that you're going through that's that that's a church sized window you're and going through again it. animation the whole sequence of like the slow motion of him going up with the panes of glass shattering around him and then the bit where his body's just on the floor and blood's over it's like this better win awards this fucking show <laughs> speaking of Oscars earlier I know like this is a teaser <laughs> speaking to of you, Oscars to you, fucking I know it's not technically a movie or whatever, but it should win every single Oscar ever. It should do, yeah. It's fucking shit, man. Do it um, if it doesn't. Um, after that, people start questioning Percy a little bit more. Um, the next episode is is derives its title from one of the campaign episodes. Oh yeah, what's that one called? Again? Um, which I think a lot of these do actually. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool, but this one is the Tide of Bone. Yes, and 
Good. What an episode! Yeah, this it's is. really good. I mean, I say that for every single fucking episode. The, uh, the um the episode title that was the original campaign episode was called "Against the Tide of Bone," but I like, I like yeah, I shortened it. Yeah, and um, this is where we see the flashback of Delilah and Silas. Yeah, and Silas on his deathbed, and Delilah being like, "No, yeah, I broke the world for you." So oh yes, that line's in there. Love the lo- that line. Yeah, I broke the world for us. <sighs> Again, it was like those things. Um. Yeah, what was it? I love how, you know, a lot of Percy's lines are just kept the same from the actual campaign. Like, this, I keep on forgetting them off the top of my head, but like I mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, your soul is forfeit. I wanted you to know it was me, you know. And there's another thing he mentions to um, Duke uh, Vedmir is that, okay, you're the luckiest person because you're at the bottom of my list. Stuff like that he just comes out with. It's like, fucking Talison, calm down. Calm yeah, down with your to, genius. He says to Professor Anders, doesn't he, that you were the first name or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah. Even before the Briarwoods, you Ugh. are the one that I yeah desire the most to get rid of. So good. Um, yeah. What happens in this episode? They all, they all, you know. There's massive undead. Big yes. undead army gets raised by Delilah. Yeah. Um, I love how we see her performing rituals and things, and we get an idea Very of good. how her magic works and how it's kind of taking her like, yeah. magical life force as well. A lot of this um, animation style is definitely influenced by many different animes as well, like Dragon Ball it Z. It is definitely, and, yeah. yeah. You know, Naruto in some aspects as well. It's so good. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I think Titmouse have, like, experience in animes, so it makes sense that as the, you know, production company for the show, they yeah. would, that's where they'd be leaning. Um, yeah, so love, love, love. Yeah, so they get out back into the street, and she releases all the dead zombies after them mm. to try and stop this rebellion that they've started. And then they're fighting alongside the rebellion in the streets. They try and take down the giants. Uh, Vedmire reappears. Uh, yeah. Archie gets killed in this Just episode. straight up, like, straight up. M- like. I I love that bit also because it's so. It's it's the thing with I guess like a lot of war cases is like it's a really big character. It's like yeah, he just gets a nonchalant death. Yeah, he's dead now. Deal with it. Now move on. Sacrifices like, futile. Yeah. yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love how he's called Brigadier Meyer as well. Yeah. So it's just it just sucker suck punch. Yeah. 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 Just stacks that up. Um, Percy is kind of trying to wrestle with the fact that he's. He's basically just here to... Murder. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say take vengeance. vengeance, but murder works. Vengeance. He's here to just... Vengeance. Justice. I'm vengeance. Um, <laughs> well, I can't wait for the Batman as well. Um, that's fucking... That's the next podcast, mate. We're doing the Batman. I know. I'm so excited. We should probably book tickets yeah, for I next might, week. Because it's actually not going to be coming out for another like over a week, so we might have to do another podcast in between then. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We might do. We'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, this episode... But I love it that he's like running around and then he's eventually persuaded to kind of take up a bit of a leadership role when he's just been leaving it to mm. Archie by Cassandra, who's basically like, you've, you've rescued me, you've done this, you've done that. You need to take leadership, you know, because they need to see that the Rolos are, are helping. Mm. Um, he, also, he also says the thing. He says his name. He says his full name in that bit. It's he like, does. Yeah. He does. And I love, I love that. And um, yeah, so he does his announcement at the Sun Tree and they all like fight the the tide of bone and then we get pike this is what i'll reference coming it. in like thor it's better than thor mate <laughs> i love infinity war and everything but this moment it just rivals that on every single level yeah 
the, again, like the the visualization of like the lightning from the clouds and her coming down and just destroying. Oh, fucking I perfection. Because that's that's kind I, of. I loved what happens how they did in it. The... In, I loved how they did it in this, but I I still have a special place for the way it was presented in the show. Yeah, because she just a, where she jumps running with the troops basically. Yeah, as they yeah, run yeah. Towards them and they just like um, they're like shouting towards like, "What do we do after being chased by the army and this stuff?" Yeah. And and. And then obviously Archie and that just come charging out. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, what's the, she what's she the jumps line? in the she jumps in the middle of she like does, a bunch yeah. of horses and then she just does. You can blast. But, yeah. yeah. Was it Channel Divinity like kill and uh, turn undead or something kill, like that? Destroy yeah. undead. Destroy undead. undead. Yeah. And Fuck yeah. A bunch of other stuff as well. But I lo- yeah I love I love that in the show because it was so well presented and and Archie's just like I won't be able to help you but she will. <laughs> she like runs aside and there's so just Pike good. in her astral yes. form. So Pike isn't actually present. She's still praying. Yeah, again, a, a great way of showing what well, is perfect translation of what happened in the show. Because, exactly you know, we, we were thinking, oh, is she actually going to be with them in Whitestone because she left in real life? But no, she, like they stay true to what happened. She just comes as an actual projection. And I, I love the way that she gives off her own light that even when they're you know going through a little bit later on in like the jail cell sequence and stuff like it. and they don't need a light cantrip it's just her <laughs> it's just she's her. just a beacon of light it's just a beacon of light fucking yeah. brilliant yeah I um, oh, love the interaction with um, Keyleth as well well I'm jumping back a few episodes because you've just reminded me of light I mm. love that she says to her and she says this in the campaign this is a line ripped straight from the yeah. the Twitch show where she's like you're their light now Keyleth oh, and I love yeah. that um uh, again like a little bit with, a little, in that moment where like she says that like you don't uh, um oh, what was what was it she says to grog it's like um something, something like and then grog says uh yeah but what if i need you or something like that like that little moment like oh, when she when she it. leaves um yeah i need to be by myself or something like that at the moment and then grog's like but what if i need you and it's like fuck the love oh <laughs> i can't remember the exact quote but it's something like that and yeah. it's amazing i think you got it surrounded yeah, something like i that. yeah i love the um they make a stand at the sun tree yep power of the everlight there's so many cool things i love it how pike is able to give everybody magical weapons yes so the pitchforks that the townspeople are carrying yeah. glow with the divine energy so they can actually take out the zombies and stuff yeah which is really cool um uh keeper yenon who is mm-hmm. played by um uh, Gina, Gina, uh, Gina Torres. Gina Torres, yep. who is amazing. Who plays Alora in? No, who plays um, Iora in Destiny? Oh yeah, the the warlock leader. No, yes, she does. Good on her. Um, which yeah. is cool. So, so I, many I like great it that she's a very recognisable yeah. voice for those of us who play Destiny. But yeah, yeah, I love it how she's like taking up leadership as well and leading them all towards. Um, Rebellion. Mm. We uh, also meet Anna Ripley in this episode. Yes, Ripley. <laughs> Ripley, Ripley, Ripley. Yeah, very good. Such great character. Yeah. We don't Maybe get not much, so much in the Briarwood arc. We don't, but, we don't get a lot of her in this, in this, but if we were to get but, a second season... But... Maybe we, get to, <laughs> maybe we get a second or third season. Maybe. <laughs> I love that. Anna uh, Ripley. Yeah. Dr. Anna Ripley. The one that tortured... Uh, Percy when he was captured and again like the the horrificness of the torture you know with the the hook 
Captain fucking Hook and just like cutting his yeah. torso. It's fucking Oof. brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Yes, it's an animation, but I still feel that. That hurts. And like, I love it. We get a lot of cross back in this because we get a lot of Percy wrestling with like having to leave Cassandra and. Mm. I love it how it kind of feeds in. This feeds into kind of what happens later down the line. But, yeah. Um, we get this kind of overall picture that Percy remembers more as the season goes on. Yeah. He's like he's remembering similar memories, but he's remembering more of those memories and and he's been kind of led to believe that it was very black and white and that he basically ran away and left his sister there and to die basically. Yeah. But I, and and that she she kind of was, you know, she never really kind of looked up to him or whatever. And mm. we th- we see a that sibling that's not, rivalry which is great. We see that that's not the case is that actually she cared for him a lot and yeah. um and a lot and she was present for a lot of that stuff and she did see him go through a lot. Mm. when he didn't initially first remember it like that so that was cool yeah and they yeah. um they find dr anna ripley in Do- the cells and they agree to let her out if she can help them but percy just comes in mask on about to pull the trigger smoke coming out from everywhere and you know after all that bit happens pike oh, that one shot when pike is you know trying to figure out what is wrong with him and it then it just goes to this other plane and there's just fire and the demon is just consuming Percy and you're just like wow he's, nah, he's got a bit more than just issues mate this is this is <laughs> you need help <laughs> therapy therapy will be an option mate yeah <laughs> or an exorcism one or the other yeah both 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 would be great both would be great yeah so this leads into the next episode, episode ten, yep. where Ripley leads them down below. Yeah, down below. Very good. <laughs> this is a great it's episode because story. it's 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 the uh, it's the starter, I guess, the little taste test into what is to come of like the Brywoods and their final conflict. Um, that whole like trap sequence, I can't, I can't remember. It does happen in the campaign, doesn't it? Like the, the whole, acid trap, the asshole trap, yeah. I can't remember. It, yeah, it doesn't, it does, it doesn't happen but, but like not that. Like, not, not as like that. Not quite like that, uh, anyway. MVP, I think, is Scanlan in this one sequence. Scanlan's great. He keeps going off. I love the use of music in this because, yeah, he uses uh, uh, Scanlan's hand to like levitate them up from the, uh, the, the, the acid. acid yeah. And the fact that he's playing heavy metal yeah, on, his little, <laughs> on his little guitar. He's basically playing guitar here. It's so good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because like, I think it was, it's basically stated in the, uh, when they were doing the watch along, it's like, you know, technically this, this magic, uh, this spell shouldn't really be able to do this, but we'll make it a story beat that Scanlan has to riff so fucking, <laughs> so hard. Yeah. He gets like his own little pick, <laughs> and then he conjures um, Mage Hand to help him. And, it's like double uh, picking. Yeah. It's so fucking good. I love it. <laughs> and then he just collapses because he's just exhausted at the end. I love it. I love it how, and I like that how that scales of like, and I'm sure it will come into play later down the line of how more the more powerful the magic Scanlan does, the harder he has to play music. Slash yeah, sing. yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love that. I think it's a great scaling thing. Um, amazing. Also, Grog. There's a lot of ass in this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ass in this show, and I love it. <laughs> love a bit of ass. A little bit of ass. Grog's ass. Yeah. He just, yeah. Uh, I love the, like, someone realise it. And, of course, Grog would do it. <laughs> um, yeah, he sort of gets butt naked, jumps into the acid, and pulls the lever, and then they escape. You know, 
Yeah, because that's what happens. It's great. I love Very the team. I love the teamwork again in this. I love it. Yeah, and, um, Pike holding on, trap. Um, healing Grog while he's dissolving. Oh. <laughs> it's funny that they they obviously they left they leave old trinket behind in Whitestone and uh, yeah in the capital in, in, yeah the keep which is funny because he Completely. comes along for the whole of this adventure and the, the actual I, I couldn't remember if he did or not but, he does because he's yeah. there for the acid pit trap yeah poor bear oh bless him bless trinket <laughs> yeah because he was he was actually one of the um, uh, bodies that was hanging from the sun tree. Um, it was an actual bear. It was an actual bear that they just got from the forest or whatever. And it's like, oh, fuck. Not the bear as well. Come on. Come on. Mm. Um, we also revealed before the acid trap happens yeah. that oh, yeah, Sandra's Cassandra. a turncoat. Yeah, she she betrays them. She betrays but does them. she willingly? Who does? Interestingly enough, in the show, I don't think she does. I think she's possessed in the show. Yeah. Um, but in the in actual... In the stream, it's, willingly. it's her own decision. Yeah. Which I think is... Oh, yeah. Oh, so many levels there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many levels. The fact that she just willingly, mm. she's just she's been just basically pulled over to the dark side, and she's like, "This is the way to do things." This is the way. <laughs> the dark side. Did I just make two Star Wars references in mm. one sentence? Without, you did actually without really yeah. realizing it. Gosh. Well done. You love it. You love Star Wars. Not anymore. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, she turns. Vax tries to help her and follow her, but then he gets controlled himself. He gets controlled, and then they oh. lose Vax for the acid yeah. pit trap. Um, he would have been handy for that, but yeah, um, that would have been very useful actually. I love it how um, Grog tries to hit the door, the glass door. That's some strong ass glass. That's some strong ass glass. Yeah, That's some proper glass. And I love it how Pike is just like all game for it and just does it with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like two because I, I loved it even like throughout some of the streams. Uh, it was just that. Again, that duo just being like, oh, Grog's going to destroy this thing. I want to get my mace out and fucking help him out. Yeah, let's go. It's just the duo of just unstoppable tanks. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then we get on to the last two episodes. We see the ziggurat for the first time. Yes. Which leads us into Whisper Very good. the ziggurat. Um, this is an incredible episode. Well, these last two, I think, are probably some of the best. These last two episodes. The last two episodes are so so good yeah very very it so very much. good so this is the briarwood fight in this yeah episode silas delilah vex and cassandra we versus Vox Machina. yeah that they're completing some sort of ritual thing yeah delilah's fulfilling the wish of the whispered one and they try and stop them yep and i love how they i love how the different like magic is used i love how each of them are like knocked out of the battle mm. i love it how vex grog is instantly to... gone <clears throat> instantly, instantly gone. gone from this from like over maybe two thirds of this fight, he's just a, he's, he's asleep. Keyleth um, is tossed aside. Yeah, um, Scanlan's quietened. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just the whole finger to the lips thing. Love it. Ah, oh, good stuff. Um, Pike is working overtime to try and help. Pike um, is MVP in this episode. Fuck, she's good. Percy is fighting Cassandra, sibling yeah. versus sibling, and Vex is fighting Vax, who's possessed. That him. is so emotional in itself because so I good. loved how. You know, Laura Bailey does an incredible job as Vex, uh, where, you know, just jumping sort of right to the end. She's so reluctant, but then she sort of digs deep, bigs herself up to be like, well, I'm now ready to kill you because I have to just for survival's sake. And then that moment when, you know, Vex is not being controlled anymore and he's just like, oh, stop, stop. And then they hug at the end. Ah. 
Oh, two of them so together it's so, so good I, and i love it because it, it it's a great way of having the two of them just duke it out and mm. to get to see what the full meaning of their relationship is yeah um, and obviously there's an under oh there's a big point we've forgotten to say and that is the yeah. i love you scene <laughs> oh yeah between vax and Keith. yeah because that's that's all like romance thing that starts um i love the reaction to it as well love it how they kept it from the yeah I love I love Keyless Reaction. Originally, it was in the Anders fight that it happens because it's after um, Vex is like bloodied and he like wobbles over. Mm. But they have it by the Sun Tree in this, which is fine. It doesn't really matter about it. It's fine. Yeah, I don't but mind. I, I love the. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love how they kept her reaction. I love it how that they kind of did it slightly OTT as well, where she's like, yeah. what? "What now? <laughs> this is the worst time." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love that, and I love that. Vex has kind of been feeling distant from her brother and she the brother's got eyes for this girl and she doesn't really yeah. know what's going on and she doesn't really know what's up with him and she doesn't like that he's not acting necessarily himself and he's being a bit more sappy and not as brooding as yeah, yeah, yeah. they're usually together brooding. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I love you just see all the emotion come out in this fight. Oh, just being like... So on. good. Yeah. Um, mirrored by the Cassandra and Percy duel. I love the... Co- <laughs> the conflict within... Percy not trying to kill Cassandra, but this demon Same is forcing kill. himself to do so. I, it's just he's fighting like three different battles at once. Percy is. He's like, I got to defend myself from Cassandra because she's trying to kill me. I got to defend myself from this demon that is trying to get me to kill her, and also now Silas is coming and trying to kill me as well. Like, fuck it, what is going on, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a little thing that sort of. I remembered and was retold uh, during the watch along that um, Talison said there's a reason why the gun has all these like different bars of metal on it so that if someone does try to swipe him he could just like use the gun to block the the sword or something yeah. it's like a defensive an old uh, yeah. revolvers had that an old, yeah uh, like um, pepper box guns had some of them had like casing on them not all of them but yeah a few of them did yeah yeah, yeah. um you know uh, it's <sighs> I love seeing Craven Edge still. Like we don't get any more emphasis on the fact that it like grows bigger when it takes more blood. Um, but Silas, that Silas is so good. Matmos is so good as Silas. He's, I'm glad yeah. that he played Silas. Yeah, it's yeah. Really cool. um, um, how many times does effectively Matt Mercer and I guess you could say Marisha die in the show? Because the amount of NPCs that they play and they just get killed off. Does Marisha like, play a lot as well? Yeah, she plays a lot. Like because I think in the first episode where we see the Briarwoods in the in the where now in the dinner and Scanlan goes up to this one dude, oldish dude, and like says, Oh no, don't oh, why are you asking such a horrible thing? It's so unprofessional. And then it's the old dude and also his wife just comes into the screen. That's Matt and Marisha. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> very good. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so yeah. many of the times when you're like, oh yeah, that is Matt and Marisha. Oh now they're dead. Again. Again. Um yeah, it's oh, it's so funny. I yeah, but I love the climax of this fight. Yeah, building up to being Keyleth's heroic moment. Um, she realizes they're under the sun trees roots, which are yes. massive because it's yeah. the entire cavern. Yeah, and she realizes she's been having that kind of thought of like connecting to the sun tree, which is a thing that she does in the campaign. Yeah, it builds up to this moment. And she's like, yeah. maybe it can give me some light, and I love it how it like reaches out and gives her some power to be able to create uh, like sunbeam i think is the basically spell as well. a giant sun and in the middle I, of the when i was watching the watch along uh matt mercer like he was getting quite emotional and he was crying at this moment because he was like this is 
one of the best bits yeah and obviously he's really proud of marisha because they're married and stuff but even i was like fuck this is the animation like when you see the the individual orbs of the sun tree like going down and like getting consumed by keyleth and then just explodes (laughs) it's just animation perfection it's 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 so brilliant perfect uh and yeah it also another little like so many hints of detail in this is that you know, going back a little bit and forth is the first time we meet the Briarwoods is obviously during dusk and sunset because that's when Silas can walk around <laughs> so he doesn't get around. burned alive by the sun and he can't die. And there's other moment when they're like in Castle Whitestone and they're positioned in such a way that the sun that's coming through the windows is over them. And it's yeah. like, it's so minute bit of detail it, is, it just makes yeah. story sense i love it yeah. yeah yeah but i love that, canonically yeah. all fits together and it's so and good I, I love it where um yeah i love it when um i love it how uh scanlan does the reverse silence reverse silence on, um, yeah on uh delilah um, yeah well and she has to watch her love die again yeah in um, front of her a horrible death I love it. to I be love fair it how, grog yeah. just takes it grog's just like i'll be okay <laughs> it reminds me of uh proofer in papas when yeah. i was in yeah a little yeah. bit of backstory as i was in the middle of like five different enemies i was completely surrounded and just brought core lightning on top of me because i'm like yes do it and i did like thor for that one second it was really cool. And you killed like four of them around me. <laughs> really cool. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Silas dies. Or does he? Um, mm. I don't know. Does he? Uh, <laughs> little hint maybe to future just, seasons. Just gets withered away down to nothing. Yeah. Um, Craven Edge. Grog takes. Because he's like, because yeah. Grog is Grog. Yeah. Um, I definitely won't come back to bite anyone. Definitely not. No. Um, yeah, that would uh, definitely uh, and be we, easy on the soul. Um, I love how we, because like performance from uh, uh, Gray, uh, oh, who plays so Delilah. Like, I'm gonna be honest. I was slightly. I'll be. I'll be brutally honest. Yeah. I was a little bit underwhelmed by Delilah to start with. Yeah. I thought that she. I thought she was good, but she. I guess because I have such a depiction of Matt doing it, but also the fact I was like, I feel like she should be a little bit more kind of have a slightly more sinister undertone with a lot of what she says mm. rather than just sort of above board. I But she's so good in these later episodes. Yeah. She's so good. Like the fact that she has nothing to lose now and she just goes all out like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm fine. I'm going to die. Like, you know, I'm going to do this thing for the whispered one. And that whole sequence, you know, when she like conjures shield uh, to stop and just continue with this ritual that, yeah, and we so see good. maybe the whispered one we come see, out. We, we see, see pop, snippets. We see, we see something. Yeah. Uh, he who should not be named. I literally cannot wait. It's going to be like season four of I, if there's, they continue. Oh, there's a thing I want to talk about. Is it? Yeah. Because like, we, I think we said like way, way, way is like who's going to voice that particular character. It has to be Matt. But Surely. after what happens in the next episode with the reveal, because I'll be honest, yeah. I was like. Oh yeah, that's a part of this arc, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah, character. Yeah. I wonder who's yeah. gonna voice. Oh, of course it's Matt. Of course it's Matt. Matt. Yeah, yeah. Matt is such a great voice actor. I um, love him. But, oh yeah, so good. Mm. So good. Um. What was it? What was I say? Uh, so yeah, she's got nothing to lose. Continues with this uh, ritual. Everyone's sort of like picking themselves back up. They meet another door. 
which they get through quite fine, thankfully. Yeah, that would have that would have been a bit of a problem. Vax is back on their side. Yeah. Uh, Vax is back on their side. Sorry. Yeah. They charge through. They start throwing everything they got at yeah. Delilah to try and stop her. It doesn't really work. Doesn't work. Um, they near enough kill her. Yeah. They bring her to her knees. Uh, but this orb thing has been Keyleth created. gets that moment when she sacrifices herself for Vex yeah. is amazing. I yeah. love that. Beautiful. Because it, there was, if if you were to say like if you looked at like Vex and Keyleth's characters in the in the stream show if there was one thing that i would say was slightly missing from their arc as friends was like a big gesture moment of like how do you switch from you're the girl that is taking away my brother because he's interested and head over heels for you to like friends and confidence and to see the because i think vex struggles to see she's a little bit like all the the internet trolls in a way mm. not in a horrible way but she's she's yeah. like i don't I you I don't get why this girl is so the way she is. I don't understand it. I don't know why my brother finds it infatuating. And then Keith just plainly sacrifices herself for her. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, oh god. Oh yeah. And again, I love the voice acting from Laura Bailey. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and the utter and the animations with the utter panic on Vex's face is that she just and that Vax just freezes up. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, that's really. Then there's the thing that Pike gets sort of withered away because yes. magic doesn't work with yep. this thing around that she's that uh, yes, Delilah is just conjured. Get Keyleth back up with a magic potion, mm. and then it doesn't there's work. The final it. showdown, which is in the last episode. Also, I've, I've forgotten what specific part it is. I love it how in ten of the episodes, in episode one, the first intro that we get of like the title sequence legend of vox machina is when they're in the tavern and it's the brawl and it's like introduction to these characters and legend of vox machina then in the next 10 episodes it's the main intro animated title sequence which is beautiful and i love yeah, it so much it is great and then in this last episode it's just black screen legend of vox machina undertone of this sinister music sad sinister music and then we're continuing on it's like no we're not fucking about here yeah I love genius it, yeah. choice. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it and it took me off guard. I was like, "Oh, whoa! Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, mm. no, I like it. Continue this tone." So they they manage to Delilah does whatever she does, and there's the spinning all. They can't yeah. revive Keyleth. Um, Cassandra and Percy, who's Cassandra's now back on their side after being not charmed, um, drag off Delilah by her ankles to go and murder her horribly or mm. create their last vengeance on the last person they need to kill. The others carry Keyleth out quickly, try and, you know, get as far away as they can. They go back into the acid trap room, and then we get to meet the demon in Percy's head for the first time. Yep. What's his name? Orthax. Orthax. Fucking great. Visually, this is probably one of the best episodes as well. Stunning. Stunning. The the visualization of Orthax himself. Like, this like flame and this bird demon weird beak thing. It. There's so many bits in this that I was like, I want that as a wallpaper. I want that as a wallpaper. I want, I want that as well. Oh, this is amazing. Maybe you find a custom website that does This was just like what I mentioned earlier with like the different transitions that they had. There were so many incredible transitions from like, you know, seeing things from Percy's perspective of like him seeing Orthax from him seeing Stonefell, but it's actually Scanlan. Like the switching up from different characters' perspectives, I just thought it was brilliant. Um, 
and the, the constant inner turmoil that Percy's like, I do want to kill you, but I shouldn't. But it's so... It's so... I love it how they, they're all trying in their own way to try and stop him mm. and do different things. And I love it how it's like one big... They're all really trying not to use hurt him. him. Yeah. Hurt him. And it's just... The performance from Talison as well yeah. in this episode is amazing. I love the, the little conversation that him and Cassandra have at the end. Is like Cassandra says, yeah, it's... I know what you want this because it feels good and it's like it's easy to do like this is probably the easiest choice that you can make like yeah just continue on and kill everyone alright but it's not who you are and it's kind of not generic but like kind of I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what the word is it's like oh no this isn't you and you shouldn't do this because we love you it's like it's, it's kind of like this a is, little bit cliche it's like this isn't your path yeah ultimately yeah and that's what it is yeah and um yeah and i like it how they make cassandra kill delilah yes in this instead or does she, of <laughs> or does she? <laughs> or does she? <laughs> um no, no, no. Whispers. yeah yeah so um, yeah she's the one that what was the quote that she says at the end is like I'm, I'm glad that you were able to uh stop your demons or like you know control yourself but but not, but, me. not me yeah which yeah. is you know i'll give her that you know, Percy's already killed like five. But also, in in a in a in a great way, is it, it frees Percy from whatever he's doing? Yeah. Because vengeance can't be had because Delilah is dead. So in a way, Cassandra kind of saves him ultimately once and for all. Is mm. because it's then, you know, done. Yeah. Um. I I, I love. Again, with like going back to the previous episode, real quickly, I love the fact that he again keeping the. Uh, sort of quotes that Talison gives is the fact that he isn't the one that kills Silas and he was like that's that was mine like he was mine to kill you know a bit more vengeance and like jealousy yeah. gets into him which fuels him even more um and then he ends up defeating Orthax because he chooses family and friends yeah and and freedom yeah from his demons over yeah, he shoots his hand, doesn't he? And that's Eternal what causes. Yeah. yeah, he blows his hand off. Which yeah, is yeah. Like, okay. That was in the uh, campaign, wasn't it? That was in the stream. Uh, no. I think so because he ends up making the cobalt hand or whatever, so a glove. He does. I can't uh, remember. I can't remember exactly how it like translates, but near enough, I'm guessing. No, um, in the thing, he just saves his saving throws a lot, and then Orthax basically gets ejected from his body. Yeah, and then, and then they and attack they it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in this, I I, I kind of love this way. They throw the gun in the acid, which Scanlan does. I loved you know watch, watching the watch along. Um, Talon Talison says to Sam, "It's like I still don't forgive you for that," because <laughs> that was one of the main things. Is Scanlan goes up to uh, Talison and like convinces him to give him the gun, and then Scanlan just throws the gun into the pool of acid, and then that is what ends up killing Orphax as well, or destroying him completely. We think we think uh, <laughs> um yeah and, and like as much how, as it how it's like pulled a little bit for laughs in this where scanlon's just like Doop. didn't know whether that would work <laughs> <laughs> i really no i i still you know because narratively and story-wise it still makes sense yeah it's good but yeah. talison is still bitter about, so it. Bitter about <laughs> it so bitter about very it. good uh, yeah, Delilah's dead. Her body gets thrown into the acid, so that's definitely the last of her. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Can I just mention there's a, 
I love it how they're all when they're all trying to cut through to Percy and it get it yeah. gets back into the like early starts of that romance with Vex is that like his sister very nearly gets through. Keyleth very nearly gets through. Yeah. Um the only person who actually calms him for a little bit is Vex. Yeah. Where she like walks right up to the barrel of the gun when she, he's just pointing at people. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the sequence also when the uh, the barrel is switching and it's got Grog, Vax, And it's Cassandra. just going through the names. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. And then, he, and then he defeats it. It's very good. He defeats it. And then they um, go back um, Whitestone. They leave, Everything's perfect. They leave Whitestone in the yeah. keep of Cassandra yeah. because Percy doesn't really want to be a leader. He everyone's, to, everything's fine. Well, it's, it's all great. Found family. Everything's yeah, fine. Everything's they fine. They go back to Taldore. Tal, you know, Taldore. Uh, what was his name? Uh, fucking was it? Sovereign, uh, sovereign Taldore gives a speech. He's no longer going to be a sovereign. It's going to be a part of the council. Be a republic. Ah, uh, fuck this <laughs> four dragons. <laughs> Uh, I, the Chroma Conclave, the Chroma Conclave is here, baby. <laughs> Fuck yes. I I was actually waiting for this moment because I didn't. What was it? The day before the last three episodes were released, I was at work and I was just thinking about it. I'd just be like, oh yeah, this is going to be such a good last. Oh my god, what if they end on the Chroma Conclave coming and they do? I was like, they're taking away. I love how we got to see because <laughs> it's a thing that was described before the stream, obviously. Yeah. Which was. They go into when they're fighting Krieg and they fight Brimscythe because yep. he's known as his blue dragon form and they kill Brimscythe. There's the four orbs on the wall yeah, that are like obsidian and they're weird and it's basically like an eye scry thing yeah. and this eye appears and goes, I know your faces now and oh, disappears and it's obviously... Yeah. Um, I don't know who it is actually. I think it's I think it's Raishan who's the one who. I think sees it would, them. but yeah, because Raishan's the one that is the brains and is the, the is and the, the schema schema yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And the clever one. Um, so I think she's the one who sees them. Yeah. And then doesn't. Um, Tells Thordak. And that, that happened like way in the camp, way before the campaign, obviously they ever got to the Chroma Conclave. They yeah. didn't know what it was, yeah. basically. It's genius from Matt as well. It's just he continues on yeah. planting these seeds. And I love it that they seeded that early with that story and picked that story so that they could have that bit at the end. Where yeah. The rest of the because uh, that was one of the things that I finished watching the watch along, yeah. and I just wanted to watch the D and D session yeah. again of Matt just you know doing the whole speech with Taldori, and then like a guard coming at whisper in his ears. You hear the bells go, and Vax he he, he goes up, whispers something in uh, Laura's ear, who you know, plays Vax, um, and then they see the the red and black. Like they do it slightly differently in the show, like because they look up and they see a black and red streak of streak color of color college. just just fly by um and then you know it, it's vogel the the white dragon crashes onto yeah. the, uh, the the side of the pillar jumps off then you see raishan then you see umbrasil the green and black dragons and just hell breaks loose but i in a way i can't i can't say which one i prefer because you don't actually see them like destroying the city yet but i hope they keep that exactly the same but i loved the introduction of when you see the sun in the sunset and then you just see the silhouette of one wing 
and then it just flaps into each of the four and then they like fan and they out. all fan yeah. out and fuck that is perfect it's so good it was really well done i loved it so much yeah. and i can't wait to see each of them being completely individual and designed and i can't wait yeah. for the people they cast to be well, we, personalities of them we um because that is that would be tasty yeah, yeah, I, yeah i don't know they're gonna have to get somebody really good for raishan especially yeah, Raishan's probably the biggest one. Vogel, I don't think they'd have to get anyone because Vogel is like the standard dragon that is quite. It's more. Vogel um, still speaks though. Vogel still speaks, feral. but more feral. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's um, more of like an animalistic so dragon. Is, so is Umbrasil the black dragon. Those two are, are a bit yeah. more kind of the lackeys, yeah. if you like. And Thordak <clears> is. Thordak just... requires a, a big kind of menacing personality and yeah. is powerful. Yeah. But Raishan has to be. <sighs> intellectually. Yeah. Scheming and. The one that trying and, in, and shapeshifts into a human as well and everything. So and has magic as well, which is yeah. really cool. You can throw a fucking meteor swarm on you, <laughs> just out of the blue. Um, no, I just love, and I think I remember asking or asking you a couple of days ago. Is like, is Thordak the red dragon like visually bigger than the others? And he is. He is. He yeah. is there because yeah. I don't think it shows you when the dragons go past towards the castle. I don't think you see it as good then, but when you see them all fan out, the chunkier one is Thordak, like the huge. Yeah. And, and I, the, I really hope that, is, yeah, I hope the that they, are a little bit more live than like, yeah, they're still fucking big because they're ancient dragons, but, <laughs> oh, dragons, mate. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I cannot wait for them to make, they gotta make a second seat. Go on, please. Three episodes each on each of the Chroma Conclave. I think they'd have to do like. The thing is though, is that obviously, Raishan's story is a very long game mm. with everything that goes yeah. on. So this is why I think I think they'd have to make maybe two seasons worth of the Chroma Conclave because it's that fucking big. The arc because like you look at the campaign one of Critical Role and it spans for like a hundred and fifteen episodes. I think what and do it's like a solid do. eighty of them is the Chroma Conclave. It is. And it's, you're a just long, like, it's a long story. It so long. long and there's so many individual stories that happen with it. And it's funny because you and I talked about this, but the Briarwood arc was when Critical Role took off and it yeah. became a thing. The Chroma Conclave cemented it. Yeah. And is the is the most fun to watch. The Briarwood arc yeah. is amazing, don't get me wrong. As an the inter- Chroma yeah. Conclave is what I remember most about campaign yeah. one. And I think you too. Yeah, as yeah. Well. it's my favorite. Like no, so nothing good. against a Briarwood arc, but it's like that's more of a like a focused, condensed story. Things, but yeah. this one is so like sprawling. Epic and as you said, and... there's so much else that happens in between all of this. Yeah, they go to like the Feywilds like, and they they go. You know, there's all sorts of yeah. There's all sorts of stuff that happens. So so much good shit happens. I, in this, and I cannot wait. I think they will do. I think they got to do like 24 episodes. I think they will do... 36. The first season of the Chroma Conclave will be white, black, and red. And then they'll do... Or, or maybe I'd say white and black. Maybe they'll do that, yeah. And then, you know, the second season would be... Or the third season even would be they'll like Thordak and Raishan. Thordak yeah, yeah. In the, in the first maybe few mid, episodes yeah, of yeah. that. And then it will lead <sighs> into other things. Yeah. God. I, I, honestly, I love the Chroma Conclave so much. And uh, yeah, I, I cannot. And we'd see a little bit of a um, distinction between every single dragon is slightly designed, to, like the the wings on Vorg or the white dragon is more 
goes throughout its entire body. It like sort of the wings end at the tail. Yeah. Uh, like you know, Umbrasil looks more gangly and you know demonic. Right on, I think I saw the diseased like yeah, spots on her. Yeah. And I can't and wait to see how Thordak is just like. And it's got this like spoilers with Grogon Glaive. He's got like this gem in his chest, which you know, may or may not make him that big. Something, but yeah. Um, yeah. And there's also like you know, Scanner's got a big thing in Cobra Conclave Park as well. You never know. <laughs> so, so many things to look forward to. But honestly, like the Legend of Vox Machina season one is so fucking good. It's great. We've it's... talked for almost two and a half hours about it. Yes. Because it's that good. Worth it. Well done to everyone we involved. Loved it. it was. It's a triumph. That's what really that's is. What it is. One of the, and I'm going to go and get some watch food it and then watch it again. <laughs> watch it again. I've got to continue editing because I haven't actually done any editing on the on the podcast for quite a while. So uh, I better start getting back into that. But hey, it's fantastic. Legend of Vox Machina is fantastic. Great show. We hope that they continue on. I don't think everything's been confirmed. But I I'm don't sure. think they've, they've not confirmed a season two yet, but yeah, they surely, are going to do a season surely. two. Yeah. They are going to do a season two. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So good. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Amazing. All good. All good. You got anything else you want to say or shall I wrap this stuff up? I love D and D. I love D and D as well. I cannot wait till we do D and D on Saturday. It's gonna be good. It's Saturday, isn't it? Yes. Okay, good. Because it better not be Sunday. <laughs> no, Saturday's good. Saturday evening, yeah. Um Yeah, so uh Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. Give us a rating. Five stars. Nothing less, nothing more. Um, Chair around your friends and family. What did you think of The Legend of Vox Machina? Did you love it? Did you hear it? Did you understand it? Did it make sense to you? If you're someone that doesn't know anything about D&D or whatever, it was just a jolly good time. Especially love to hear from all you people that haven't seen it. Yeah. Especially yeah. to get your opinions on it. I'd love to know. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and give us your opinions on that or recommendations for future episodes at cityofgeekandpod.gmail.com that is our email uh, you could join us up with the Facebook group Globe of Geekum we're probably going to be gushing even more about Vox Machina and Critical Role in general uh, you can follow me on Twitter it's at the Rizikins. Uh, and you can watch the show live on Twitch. Uh, I apologise if the streamers acted a bit shit recently also, because uh, internet might or may not be internet playing Internet was, was alright for half of this stream, and then, then it's just it decided to... to jump all over the place. So, yeah. But we apologies. do stream live on Twitch. It's at twitch.tv slash Rizikins. Uh, and yeah, we stream the show. See our faces. Yeah. See my long hair. We'll do what you want. I don't really care. Or, or don't. Yeah. Or, or just don't. listen to it on podcast. Or just watch Critical Role. Do that. Get into it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you everybody so much for listening and we will see you next time when we talk about something. Maybe the Batman. Maybe the Batman. Hopefully Maybe. the Batman. Maybe something else. We'll, we'll see what we'll time see frames it, it fits in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.